2: wrestling omakase it is episode number 117 this week i have a pair of returning guests um first of all a man i hope you enjoy hearing the voice of because you're going to hear him for three straight weeks hello taylor
1: hello how's it going
2: good how you doing
1: not too bad excited to talk about these shows excited for this um big uh, upcoming weekend of wrestling
2: uh, very excited! There's there's so much stuff going on, but really the next two weeks, which I didn't I didn't even realize until I really dug into it. But we'll talk about that. Uh, also on the line here from X of the Burning Spirits podcast on this very network, Mr. Kevin Hare. Hi, Kevin. Hey guys, how are you guys doing? Not as good as you because you're about to go to Japan.
0: I am about to go to Japan. I'm pretty excited. <laughs> when do you when do you fly out again? I leave on Thursday, Halloween, the October 31st so give me I, I obviously
2: as people who listen to this show know i i love hearing people's tra- japanese travel plans so give me give me the itinerary what are you doing
0: so the major plan is um on the second noah on the third ddt on the fourth stardom and then big japan um stardom's at Korakuen hall and then no wrestling stuff just kind of general sightseeing and shopping and um, going to that digital museum and the robot restaurant and then whatever else comes up in between and then Dragon Gate on the 8th, I think, uh, whatever the Thursday is. And then uh, that's it for the wrestling shows. And then hopefully going to see this uh, punk band called Poison Idea and some other like Japanese punk hardcore bands on the 10th and then coming home. On uh, what, like the 11th? The 11th, yep.
2: Okay. So you're not leaving Tokyo, you're staying in Tokyo the whole time?
0: Yeah, for this trip, just because it's the my first time over there, I figured kind of stay in Tokyo, oversaturate myself there, because I'm sure that it'll be easy to fill up the 10 days, especially with oh, yeah. three big, uh, big wrestling shows, like long ones. So yeah. do that, and then hopefully this is just the first trip. Then go back and uh, do a little bit more next time.
2: Yeah, I mean, like you could easily fill up like a whole two weeks in Tokyo. So, yeah, I mean, you'll find plenty of stuff to do, but that's exciting. Uh, you you already know like where you're staying and everything.
0: Yeah, I'm staying in uh, Akazaka, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh,
2: that is. yeah. You'll, so, you'll like it.
0: Yeah, so pretty close to like I think like a lot of cool, like sightsee type of things. Jojo recommended the the area so
2: yeah you're like you're very close to um like Rapungi also i think unless i'm thinking of the wrong yeah you're like really you're right by like Rapungi too if you want to head over there and then um that whole area has a lot of like um like the tbs broadcasting is over there Mm. uh like they have like a whole little uh like setup where you can go see tbs isn't tokyo broadcasting system not the american network i just realized right then but yeah it's a night not turner but there's a lot of like uh there's a lot of like really nice little cafes over there there's um uh, there's like a very famous like uh concert venue over there i think it's called uh or something i don't know um there's a, a ton of karaoke over there i don't know if you're a karaoke guy but you should do it once at least in japan it's awesome Um, Yeah, I
0: think the person I'm going with actually is, so we might do that.
2: Yeah, there's one that I can recommend, actually, that I've been to in in Akasaka. It's like a, oh, God, I I can't remember which chain it was. But, like, basically right outside the TBS, um, the TBS building, there's, like, almost like a high rise of karaoke. I think it might be Karaoke Con. Uh, It could be one of the other chains. But, like, if you see, like, a big giant, like, almost looks like a fucking karaoke skyscraper. Um, go to that one because basically for no additional cost, they probably will, they could put you up in like a, a nice high building, a nice high room. So like you could do karaoke while you also have like a great view of Tokyo. It's really awesome. So that's my, sounds cool. Yeah.
0: I think it's pretty close to like where the emperor estate is and all that type of stuff too. So
2: it's like a very high class area. Yeah. Excited to just
0: kind of explore it.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's a cool place to stay. Um, but yeah, I mean obviously I hope you have a great time. Um,
0: and Me too.
2: <laughs> if you need any if you need any travel tips, Taylor and I did a great couple of episodes. I did, on. I
0: actually did listen to a lot of that, so
2: Yeah. So for anyone else listening who might be going on their first trip soon, so I know a lot of people go over Wrestle Kingdom. So definitely can go back and check that out. The episodes that Taylor and I did after we got back this year. Um and of course anyone who ever wants to like just fucking DM me or Messages me on Discord, too. I'm always happy to answer questions. Not that I'm, like, some kind of super expert, but I've been there three times. So I'm sure I probably have some tips and stuff I can share. Um, But in the meantime, obviously, the part of the reason why I wanted to have you on, Kevin, is because I figure you'll be very excited to preview these three shows that you'll be going to. So Yeah, for sure. Um, and I want to get your thoughts too, I guess, on like what you're most looking forward to seeing live. Now, most of these rosters you'll be seeing live for the first time, right? I assume.
0: Yes. So I think Noah, I don't know if I've seen most people on Noah. I've seen like the great Muda once or twice. And did you you go see him in, did you go see him in Philly in 2003?
2: No, that was before me. Okay. I was that, that was like my first time seeing him.
0: Yeah, that, that would have been before. Like my, really when I started to, to go to indie shows would have been like 2009. Oh, I gotcha. So, yeah, a little bit later than that. But no, the only time I think I've seen him was maybe even this year at Madison Square Garden, actually. So.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. Right, I forgot he was on that Battle Royal.
0: Because he a few years ago, if you remember, there was going to be a Wrestle 1 U.S. tour with like a weird West Virginia indie. And they were going to run Philadelphia then. And I think that it sold like five tickets in advance. <laughs> and uh, it was a really bizarre, just the whole thing was really strange. But uh, shockingly, it was canceled. Yeah. So I was, I didn't really want to go, but the great muda was going to be there. So I felt obligated and, and like Matsukatsu Funaki and like the whole roster was going to come over. But uh, it got canceled, so didn't happen. Um, But yeah, so I've seen that um, DDT. I think I didn't get to go to uh, the DDT show in New York this year. I did Mania weekend, but I couldn't go up until the next day. So um, I've only seen maybe like you know Kenny Omega stuff like that Uh, on Big Japan. I've seen Sekimoto and um, Takeda. And I think that that actually might be pretty much it there. So yeah, now I think about it, I haven't seen most of the people Dragon Gate. I've seen a, a good amount of them, but
2: uh, yeah, because Dragon Gate USA and stuff.
0: Yeah, Dragon Gate yeah. USA, especially used to run Philadelphia a lot. So yeah, um, I, I've gotten, I've been lucky enough to see a lot of those guys. But uh, yeah, the big three shows, I I really haven't seen that many of them. So pretty excited for that. Um, a long-winded way to say no, I haven't seen them. That
2: <laughs> no, that's cool. That's a great, great. I'm glad you went into all, all that detail. Um, the the only company that's left for me that I haven't seen live that I really, really, really want to is All Japan.
0: I was really bummed because yeah. I made this trip, you know, just looking at what the dates made sense and everything. And they're running cork in the day after I leave. I, that happens, I
2: swear to god, on every fucking trip. Yeah. I, I promise you, every trip you ever book. There will be something on the day you leave, and something on the day after where you're like, "motherfucker." Yeah, the, that happened to me. That happened to me on this last trip with Stardom. They mm-hmm. were running like a corkin on the fucking day I left, and I was like, "fuck."
0: I yeah, there's a there's an all Japan. I think the day I leave, and then Sendai Girls and Corkin the day after that. So, but and it's I just kept way,
2: It's the way Japanese wrestling shows are. It's like no matter when you leave, yeah,
0: there will be something because I kept like obviously i knew what week it was and i kept checking to see if there'd be more corkin things added and there's really not that many when i'm there which you know is fine i'm i'm actually fine to only see 5 wrestling shows i say only it's mm-hmm. still a lot i'm fine to just do that and then kind of do other stuff too not completely you know oversaturate myself but at the same time i was just kind of like kept looking and there just wasn't really anything at corkin that kept getting announced and i was just a little bit bummed about that, but it, it's, like I said, it's it's not too big of a deal. But I was hoping to see, because, you know, I'm all about just the bucket list guys, and who knows how many opportunities you have to see somebody like Junaki Yama. Like Miyahara, you know, he's another big one, but might be able to see that for the next decade. But mm-hmm. Junaki Yama, you never know. So hopefully I'll be able to take him off the, the, the uh, bucket list at some point.
2: Yeah, I mean, next fall when I go, it's like I, they, uh, if if all Japan's running like, um, I don't know, like fucking two hours from Tokyo, I'm gonna fucking find a way to go unless it's up against like the G1 final or something.
0: Right. Because I just it,
2: it'd be like on trip number four. Basically, trip number one, the Allen trip I made, I could have gone to all Japan uh, at Korokin, and I picked to go see uh, the the band who does the opening to the show. Actually, uh, Sakon Action. Who does um Omakase opening? I went. I decided to go see them, and you know, ever it's like basically ever since then, all Japan's been punishing me for it because like the the next two trips, there's been nothing basically. I think both times they were just like either not running at all or they were running like in fucking Kyushu or something. So it just it, it never worked out. So I'm hoping on this fourth trip, I'm like if I have to go, you know, to some fucking you know, bumblefuck to see a house show, I guess I'll have to do that because I can't keep uh, putting them off. It's just getting ridiculous. Uh, But yeah, you're not seeing a New Japan, which is pretty rare, I guess.
0: Yeah, that was the other thing. Like I said, I just kind of got the idea in this trip and it made sense with work schedule and um, timing and all that stuff just to do it around this. I was hoping there would be some sort of New Japan thing, but then I kind of realized pretty quickly that it would be around power struggle and that after, you know, before power struggle, there's going to be shows, but afterwards there probably won't be many. So I just kind of, again, kind of disappointing, but at the same time I've seen most of the new Japan guys and I would love to see it in Japan because obviously there is a, um, spectacle and gravitas seeing it there. But again, this is just the first trip. So hopefully, so, uh, skip it this time. And then next time. Yeah. Uh, it's funny. To... They're,
2: they're coming to America while you're there. I know. It's like <laughs> it's kind of amusing that, that I guess that will happen to more and more people now with the, you know, the new Japan of America news and everything. Like you'll come over to Japan and to find out that new Japan is like coming here. <laughs> so, right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess Taylor to jump in, like what is, do you have any tips for Kevin and or for the listener? Like on how to, best enjoy their, their Japanese wrestling trip.
1: I'm trying to think back to my, I'm trying to think back to my first trip. I mean, the first trip, John, you were with me, which sort of helped, um, as someone who had gone. So I didn't really have that many worries because I knew that anything I didn't know about, I would probably, and I probably did just ask you about.
2: So Taylor's tip is go with John. Yeah, (laughs) I guess.
1: Um, No, but I would say I think a lot of people, especially when I talk to people about going, like not even wrestling fans, just generally, you know, just people when I'm like, hey, I went to Japan. I think most people's worry is about the language barrier. And I would say don't worry about it because English will get you by in about 90% of the places you'll end up. Um, Because even on two trips, I'm trying to remember a place where Uh, You know, I don't even recall a place where I went where I couldn't, you know, either get food if I if it was a restaurant where I couldn't get food or I couldn't do something because I spoke English and I can't think of anywhere. Do you know Um, where the one the only place I can think of
2: is um, we went to this like half aquarium slash half uh, like amusement park in Yokohama and you think because you think that would be a touristy area you'd think they would know English and like they do like, seemingly everywhere else but the like the people working the food stand there had just had no English at all and they they didn't have English menus or anything so i guess they don't get a lot of uh like outside of japan tourists but that was probably the most difficult i guess yeah but even, that- even then i would yeah,
1: That restaurant we went to that was like a hole in the wall, and they pulled the chef out of the back because he <laughs> was the only person. Like, So it's funny because everyone goes and they're like, oh, I don't speak. But Japanese people often will bend over backwards to be like, oh, this person speaks English. We got to help them out. Oh. So like that guy coming out of the back, like we didn't, you know. They didn't have to do that, but they did it and it helped, you know, so that we could order because the menu was in Japanese and had, I think it had no photos or or had had photos and we couldn't tell what it was. Yeah, very Um, limited mm -hmm. photos, I think. So, yeah, because that's always the number one question I get where they're like, oh, I don't speak any Japanese. You know, I could never go. I don't speak any Japanese. And I'm like, yeah, just don't
0: worry about it. Yeah, that was I was always just like, let things get in the way of the language, the like being intimidated. And then I just decided that I'm just like, I first, I thought I was going to go with my, by myself. I'm actually going with a friend that I've done a lot of wrestling trips with. But when I first started, I thought it was just be solo. And then I was just like, none of this is really a big deal. I'll figure it all out. So then once I got in that mindset, it just kind of like whatever happens happens and that's it. So
2: yeah um but yeah the je- like like Taylor's point is great you know make just if you don't know any Japanese I mean I feel like if you really want to study anything before you go there I would say look up I and mean, this is something you can study very quickly um like try to memorize katakana because like the katakani like uh written written language which is just like you know it's not like kanji but there's like two thousand of them it's like everything katakana and hiragana both are like just you know, a, like, they're just like an alphabet. It's like, you know, they, each one's like a sound or whatever. If you know katakana, um, you know, you'll be able to read a lot of little things and menus that, like, are you, that are foreign loan words. So, like, I don't know. If you know how to read the katakana language, you can sound out, like, this is burger. It'll be, like, bugger or something. <laughs> I don't know. If you, if you want to try to learn katakana, I think that would be helpful. But, yeah, I mean, you don't have to do that. I just think that's, like, a a nice, like, if you're looking to study something before you go. Um, but you can totally get by with just nothing, and especially with just, like, pointing and, uh, you know, hoping for the best. As far as, like, um, before we get into anything else, actually, before we get like, the previews, kind of lost my train of thought there. But uh, I just remembered I need to give the results from the fancy draft last week. So before we get into specific shows, this is uh, what happened with the Omakase 2019 fantasy draft. So if you listen to last week's episode, um, you know, we had a five, ge- it was five guests. It was me or four guests, me versus four guests in the fantasy draft. And we asked you to vote on the winner who you thought had the best super card. So I'm going to give the results really quickly. Fifth to first. Uh, Craig was in last place with 13%. Jeff was in fourth place with 17% of the votes. Uh tied for second was Andrew and Jack with 21% each. And in first was me with 29%. So congratulations to me on my 2019 Omakase fancy draft victory. My strategy of pandering to the Joshi vote, I think, it definitely paid off. So uh there you go. Not just pandering, because I also <laughs> would like to see most of the matches I booked, but definitely uh the Joshi fans definitely show up for you when you book half your card being Joshi. And nobody else, everybody else books like one woman's match. Uh, worked out for me. Um, but there you go. That's the Omakase Fantasy Draft. If you enjoyed that last week, uh, to, I would say try to tune back in probably next year. Maybe we'll do more than one Fancy Draft episode next year. But we wanted to bring that back just for one week. So let's get into the previews then. We're going to start with the Noah show. We're going to go so pretty much in chronological order. Uh, there's two shows on the third, so we'll get to that when we get to it. But first of all, the first of the three straight Sumo Hall shows is Noah the Best 2019. Uh, the subtitle is Battle of Aesthetics. So that's a interesting subtitle. It's airing, it, it, well, it takes place on Friday, November 2nd uh, from re- Sumo Hall. Um, oh, Saturday, November 2nd, I'm sorry. Saturday, November second, from Sumo Hall. Um, the only thing that kind of sucks about this show, and you know, compared to the rest of them, we're on here. Obviously, it doesn't that doesn't this doesn't mean anything to Kevin since he's going to be there. But for me and Taylor, everybody else not in Japan, this is the only show we're going to talk about this week that is not airing live anywhere. Uh, Noah, of course, does not have their own streaming service. Um, you know, they're not airing live on Samurai or anything. This show is going to air on the G Plus. Uh, K- cable or satellite network in Japan on Sunday November 10th. So not like a super long wait for the show, but even 8 days is kind of long compared to instant. Um is that disappointing to you Taylor would would you wouldn't you prefer to see the show live?
1: I mean sure, I'd prefer to see every show live, but you know, with these type of shows, I mean especially me being um a Joshi fan, I don't think almost nothing airs live. Um, with that, so I'm sort of used to it. It is sort of a bummer, especially because the two other big shows are going to be out um, Live but it's sort of it sort of is what it is. I think
2: yeah um, uh, You know and obviously the the other the other issue with this show uh, Being only one of the three that doesn't air live is of course I would worry a little bit I guess especially among Western fans that the show will get buried Um you know, kind of under the rubble when it comes to the other shows. But maybe it'll stand out. Maybe it'll be like, wow, this is the only one airing that weekend instead of... Yes, you know.
0: the thing is, there's Power Struggle, there's Dragon Gate Show, there's DDT, and there's Big Japan. Yeah. So, Noah being a week later might not be a bad thing.
2: Yeah. Um, and this show, of course, they did, a, they did a preview of this on the flagship this week as well, on the Voices of Wrestling flagship so you can definitely check that out if you're interested. Um, they There was an interesting discussion on there, I don't know if you guys heard it, but like of what a good number would be, and I, I feel like you can talk about that a little bit, like the business side of it, um, because it, business in Tokyo right now is very interesting, where the, the Korkins are all pretty down uh, if you look at the and attendances. That happened again for DDT this weekend, drawing one of their weakest corkin uh, crowds in a while, and at the same time, I, I sort of like wonder if it might have something to do with the fact that they're running *Goku* three times in a weekend. Um, you know, on top of that, there's also a consumption tax hike in Japan that I think might have something to do with it. And also the the storm that went through. Uh, we were talking about this in the voice resting Slack earlier. Like that, the storm, uh, the typhoon. You know, people probably had to buy like supplies and you know repairs afterwards. So that probably might have something to do with it too. But so. Th- I'd be interested to see what kind of crowds these Ryogoku shows do. Um, you know, what crowds that the promotions will be happy with the DT show, I think of the three is the one that's in the best shape from pre, from uh, like tickets sold so far. It looks like it's doing really well. And I've heard people say estimates of around like maybe between 5,500 and 6,500, which I think they'll be very happy with uh, especially after the, the two shows earlier this year did around 4,000 um, for Noah. What do you guys think they would be happy with? Like, what do you what are they looking for here? Do you think they want to see something above three thousand? Do you think they really would like to get above four thousand? What do you think, Kevin?
0: I'm not gonna lie. Attendance figures are so um, meaningless to me that I don't ever really think about them too much. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I'm very sorry, but uh, I don't know. Um, any anything? I feel like Noah just isn't really that big of a hot thing right now. So um, I think I saw somebody say that they felt like a good number would be between more than Big Japan and less than DDT. That might have even been you that said that, John. Yeah. yeah. So that sounds right to me. I mean, they're not going to be DDT, but if they can beat Big Japan, that sounds good. But but yeah, I don't know. It's a, It's a brand that doesn't seem that hot, but I guess that it's kind of changed a bit since – The new ownership and everything. But
2: now that does beg the question of what you think Big Japan will do. And last year, to give context here, they did 3880, which I think is a little high for them, actually. Let me, I'm going to look back at some previous years to see. 2017, yeah, the 2017, they did 3179, which is like more what I think of when I think of a Big Japan uh, Ryugogu number. In 2016, they did 3293. So they seem to be more more often around, you know, the low 3000s. But last year they did, you know, almost 4000. So I'm sure for Big Japan, they would be thrilled if they did almost 4000 again.
0: I don't think there's any way that that happens. Yeah, does not. Last year you had the Takeda title run that f, that f was uh, really great and pretty hot. And this year, Big Japan has really not felt like that at all. And plus both title matches, I guess, um, Kodaka versus Miyamoto, which we'll talk about more, like that can feel a bit more like a main event. But the other one is the strong title match, um, Sato versus uh, Daichi. That just kind of feels out of the blue and not not very hot there. So I think what it's banking on is the anniversary matches that are on it. But I still don't know if that will really draw too many people. So I'm expecting that number to be pretty, I guess, closer to 3000 than 4,000.
2: Do you think it could even get below 3000?
0: It's possible. It's the, I mean, I guess it's holiday, so maybe it'll do better, but it's the third show of a big weekend. So it could easily get buried there.
2: I'm going to give, here's what I think will happen. I, I do think that will land right between DT and big Japan. I think the closer Noah is to 4,000, the more they'll be happy. So if Noah does that number, Big Japan did last year. If Noah does like thirty-eight eighty, I think they'll be pretty happy. Um, if Noah does closer to three, I think they'll be more like, eh. and then anything under three will be like a disaster for Noah. Uh, Big Japan, I, I mean, they just seem they. We will talk about it when we get to the promotion. They seem very cold. So you know, I'm, I'm sure they'll be happy just to stay above three, like you were saying. So if they do like 3,200 or something like they've done in past years, I'm sure that'll be fine. Um, and DDT, to me, looks like they're on pace. I mean, DDT's already sold a ton of tickets. So, you know, I I, I think their range right now is probably between 55 and 65. Um, so we'll see where they landed there. you have any thoughts on all this ticket talk, Taylor?
1: Yeah, I think... Um, I mean, I think Noah could do well because it is the first show of the three um and for the same reason i think big japan could probably do worse is because they're the last of the three i think i would be i would be more surprised if big japan does a big number and noah does a small number than i would be if noah does a big number and big japan does a small number um and i think ddt you know they run sumo hall i mean I don't know that I call it regularly, but enough where I think that they're probably going to draw on the people they would draw in regardless of whether these two shows, these two other shows were happening or not. So I think that they're pretty, probably pretty safe in the middle. Um, But yeah, I mean, I, I could see a world in which it's like 4,000, you know, 5,500 or something. And then, you know, 3,000, um, Just because I think when you run Sumo Hall, you sort of hope to get people in who might just be like, oh, there's a show happening at Sumo Hall. Sure, I'll go to that. But the question is, are they going to pick big... If they're going to pick one show out of three to go to sort of randomly, I guess, that's probably not the right word, but um, is it going to be Big Japan, which as we've already mentioned is not that hot, Or is it going to be Noah who, you know, doesn't really run Sumo Hall? And I think in in my mind, now I'm a fan of the promotion, I think it's a pretty strong card. Um, And they've also got, you know, people coming in um, who aren't, you know, Kobashi and uh, Choshu coming in. So I think that they could actually do a surprisingly uh, good number. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm no Nostradamus when it comes to this stuff. I I'm no expert. So who knows? Uh,
2: and then D and then DET too. I obviously, I DT, it's going to be interesting to see how that, like, let's say they do like the 6,000 that I think people are expecting. It's going to be interesting to see if people give more of the credit to Kenny, who I, I'm sure deserves some of the credit because, you know, he, I'm sure he's drawing some new Japan fans or to like, I think there was a lot of excitement around that ultimate party thing even before Kenny was announced. Cause I definitely saw people going wild for that on like Japanese social media and stuff. So, you know, the ultimate party thing being like all the different DDT sub brands being on one show. So I think ticket sales were actually doing pretty damn well even before Kenny was announced, but you know, I'm sure Kenny deserves, you know, at least some of the credit too. So that'll be interesting one um and but on the other hand you could say kenny's not really in like a drawing match quote unquote but just him showing back up in japan for the first time since wrestle kingdom this year i'm sure is going to be you know part of the draw there
1: although with the placement on the card you might think that the promotion thinks it is you know it is third from the top right second second? second oh yeah second yeah. from the top in the order so yeah. i mean i think to the promotion it has some drawing yeah aspect to it
2: yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to say Kenny doesn't deserve any credit at all. To be clear, I think he deserves oh, yeah. probably like you know quite a bit of credit. But I think this is more about establishing him in DDT, and then maybe getting him ready for you know a big drawing match down the line, whether it's against Takashita or anybody else. I mean, Takashita make the most sense. So I think a lot of people are already kind of penciling that in for the when they're running Saitama Super Arena next year. Uh, okay, so let's talk about the Noah card, first of all, uh, on November 2nd. It opens up with a match with the title Noah the Classic, uh, Akitachi Saito and Masao Inoue versus Tomon Honda and Mitsuo Momoda. Obviously, this is your old guy's opener. You know, get some of the old-school Noah names out there. Uh, any thoughts on this little opener here?
0: I mean, I'm pretty excited just the idea of seeing, like, came on honda live even though it'll just be in the first match <laughs> i didn't expect to see that many of like the older noah guys, so i think that that's pretty cool i mean i don't really expect this to be too good at all but i think it'll be pretty fun and like i said seeing him is pretty pretty cool so that's that's what i got on that one yeah i don't have too Anything much to on to this
1: that? i don't really have too much on this match so yeah
2: I, in a way, I, I always enjoy saying, so I'm kind of happy. He's, he's a funny... He, he's one of those guys that aged really well, but he's always been kind of like just this fucking goofball, so I I'm, a, I'm a, I enjoy him when he pops back up every once in a while. Uh, match number two, Mohamed Yone, Quiet Storm, uh, Hiroki, Hitoshi Kumano, Junta Miyawaki, and Sonico versus Kazushi Sakuraba, Kazuma Sakamoto, Day Wagner Jr., Hajime Ohara, Nosawa, Rangai, and Kenya Okada. Um, um, and so a, oh wait, before we success.
1: start, um, Sonico is injured, um, uh, so he got go. replaced by Noshimura, Nishimura. Who the hell's that? Um, Osamu Nishimura.
2: Oh, Osamu Nishimura. Okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> now you.
2: Oh no, no! I thought there was like some fucking young boy. They they called up Osamu Nishimura to to replace some fucking guy off the street from Seattle, where the fuck that guy is. It's a little weird. I guess. I don't know. Uh Anyway, uh Nishimura, yes. He's the old school New Japan guy who is a fujiwara disciple. Or not fujiwara. Uh You know what I mean. Anyway.
0: See, now John has to give the history of Nishimura just to um, <laughs> <Yeah>. backtrack <laughs> to a little up. bit. Yeah. To cover yeah. it up.
2: Well, I, I don't know. He just said Nishimura. I thought, like <laughs> like... If you just said Okada, I would have I would have thought that you know that that was a Noah Young Lion, not just not fucking Kazuchika.
0: But anyway, um, <laughs> give me your thoughts on this match, Kevin. Uh, really, this one I don't have too many thoughts on. It just seems like your typical undercard multi-man type of match. I mean, I appreciate the fact that it's kind of weird, but I don't even know if it'll be long enough to like the weirdness to really like pay off, you know what I mean? So, yeah. so I don't know. I think it'll probably be fine, but I don't really have too many, much, many expectations for it.
2: 12 man tag in like eight minutes is going to be something. I, I realize that's said Fuji I meant Fujinami, obviously. Um, Taylor, what
1: do you think <laughs> yes. about
2: this 12 man tag? Uh
1: I'm, I'm, you know, excited. Sakuraba. I've always liked him. Uh, so I'm glad that he's back somewhere where I can see him again. Um, you know, I love Cosma, probably my vote for most improved, uh, this year. So I like, I sort of like the one team, the Segura army more than the other, you know, I'm sort of more excited to see them more than the other side, which is just sort of a collection of, uh, of people, um, but yeah, as you said, it'll it'll be short, and I'm sure people will be running in and out of the ring just to get their uh, get their time. But you know, it's always good. Um, I know DDT does this to the extreme with their shows, but you know, it's good on a big show like this to get a lot of people involved and and you know get them their moment um, to I, perform I wanna, on the big stage.
2: I want to mention who he he Kumano because I I haven't seen a ton of Noah this year. It's I, I assume both of you have seen more than me. Is he done? Anything because I just feel like that's a guy who um you know he's like one of these like lost Noah guys where it's like you know he he came up as a young boy still in his mid-20s but it just feels like he's done nothing since uh you know he had the backbreakers team for a little while but like really just hasn't done anything.
1: Yeah, I mean I don't I don't watch it religiously and sometimes I'm dipping in and out um and I haven't seen uh, a ton from him this year, so that probably um, lines up with what you're talking about—that he hasn't done much. Yeah, um, the yeah, because I
2: even broke up, right? Because here they're on separate teams.
1: Yeah, I He's think on, so. Yeah,
2: ohara but uh, I mean, there's there's another guy that hasn't really done anything this year, I guess, is Ohara. But like Ohara, at least you know he did stuff in the past. Where it's like I don't know, like Kumano just never feels like he did anything. But, uh, I don't know. I guess they were junior tag champions for like two seconds, but I don't know. Do you, have, do you feel any different, differently than me about Kumano, Kevin? Do you think he's had a great career so far?
0: I've got no opinions. I'm
2: sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there you go. I just, I, th- that name just really stuck out to me. as like, what is, what is this guy doing exactly? But uh, Matt's number three, Eddie Edwards on loan from impact teaming up with Atsushi Kotoge and Chris Ridgway, I guess from MLW, right? Ridgway uh,
1: versus... No, Ridgway is from, from England. Oh, okay. Who's the one from MLW? Confusing him with. You're thinking of Alex Hammerstone.
2: Thank you. Uh, who's not on this show, I guess, as far as I can tell. But yeah, so Edwards, Kotoge, and Ridgway against Masaki Mochizuki from Dragon Gate. Uh, Minoru Tanaka and Super Crazy. Uh, this match looks awesome. Yeah, I mean, this is this great. Is like, You know even though I had no idea who Chris Ridgeway is, the other five wrestlers are really cool. Um, you know, Minoru Tanaka, he's he's one of those guys who just, like, somehow, despite being, you know, an old man at this point, he just, he never looks bad. He always looks great when I see him. Um, what do you think of this one, Kevin?
0: This match is awesome. Um, I think that it's kind of funny that they're bringing in Eddie Edwards, a former champion, to be in, like, this weird six-man but it's cool. Um, who's the third guy on the team? I don't have it in front of me. Who's the third guy on their team? Oh uh yeah. Oh so, Takoge, yeah. so yeah, that like that's a cool team. And then Mochizuki is the man. He's like he's probably one of my favorite wrestlers. So um, yeah, just the combination of everything. I'm really excited for this. Ten minutes sprint. I think it's gonna be awesome and super crazy too. Like he's not really great, but just the idea of seeing super crazy there, especially with those other guys is interesting. So yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for this. This is the type of match I like on these big shows. Just the kind of like fun. You don't have to think too much about it, but it'll be entertaining type of undercard match.
2: Well, what do you think Taylor?
1: Yeah, it looks good. Um, I like the combination of guys. Um, and i have seen some ridgeway in noah he actually joined stinger i think right after the um the the masawa show i went to when i was in japan um, so he's fit in real well you know he strikes me as you know sort of this um sort of like chris brooks in ddt where he came over and um, you know fit in well
0: almost immediately and now he's in stinger um yeah his style is the real is a real like you know strikey kind of shooty style through the um uh British lens, but still like that's more of what he does, the strikes and kicks and that type of thing.
2: That does sound pretty cool.
0: Yeah, so it should be a good
1: it should be a uh, a good a good match.
2: Uh
1: match number four,
2: Shuhei Taniguchi one on one with Kazuki, uh Kazuki Fujita, old Iron Head is here uh what do you think of this one kevin i'm i'm i am like really excited for this one i'm sure it won't be like good but i just like just the idea of fucking maybach and and fucking ironhead and the rent together i just really am like very curious about it
0: yeah it's probably gonna be bad but hopefully it's entertaining regardless and i don't like I, I'm really – so Fujita is a guy that is really intriguing to me, I, the idea of seeing him because I just want to see like what the reaction to him is in person because it's really hard to gauge because you know he's a guy that people – that different companies bring in at different points like All Japan brought in a few years ago for their big show and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I don't think like current Fujita really translates very well to a Western audience. Because he doesn't wrestle that much. He's not that great. He's kind of slow. But, like, he kind of still does feel like an, a star. So I'm really excited to see what being in the building for a match of his is like. If people treat him as such or if it's just kind of like no reaction or what the deal is. I'm I'm very curious. What
2: about you, Taylor? What do you got in on with, one?
1: Yeah, I'm um I'm excited for it. You know, I like when companies and Noah's been doing it a lot. You know, they had Rhino on the N one Finals show, but I'm excited to see Fujita against someone who will probably be represented as more his equal um in Tanaguchi and see what kind of match they have. His match on uh the N one finals, it was sort of interesting, but also the, the match itself um you know wasn't very memorable. Um, just because it was clearly bringing him in to sort of dominate as a way to, you know, wrap him back into the company. Um, So I'm excited to see uh, how this match goes. You know, I always like when people sort of, or I shouldn't say people, but companies, you know, sort of do these more wacky things on the undercard rather than just, you know, two, two people already in the company or a bunch of people already in the company going up against each other. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, and like Kevin, interested to see how people react now that he's more, you know, now that he's had a few matches, he's been, or not a few matches, but he's been on a few shows, um, just to see if people uh, still are excited to see him or still reacting to him. So, yeah.
2: Uh, maps number five, the, the GHC Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Titles. Yoshinori Ogawa and Kotaro Suzuki, defending against Daisuke Harada and Tadasuke. Um, So this is an interesting one. I'm not as down on uh, Tadasuke as some people. I think he's, you know, maybe it's because I saw him. Were you at that show too, Kevin, when he showed up in Shikara and fought Eddie Kingston?
0: Yes, I was at that that show show.
2: That match is awesome. So maybe that's why I always have a little soft spot for the guy. But yeah, I don't
0: know. Honestly, you bring it up. When I think of all three of the Osaka Pro guys that are in Noah now, um, Tokoge, Tokoge, sorry. I'm terrible with pronunciation, so I'm sorry. Tokoge, yep. But uh, um, Harada and uh, T- I that's what I think of is them in Shikara. So I will always remember, associate them with Shikara, even more than Noah, even though they both or all three have been there. Oh. Much more than they they were in Shikara, but yeah, I thought that that Kingston match was like pretty good. It was it was when Kingston was like really good character, but his matches weren't that great. So, mm-hmm. But uh, I th- I thought that that match was all right. But um, honestly, I, I Noah is kind of a promotion that like I dip in on here and there, but I don't like watch every show or anything. So like he's a guy that I haven't really seen that much of since um, he's gone there. So. With this more so, it just feels like um, the Noah Jr. tag scene is kind of interesting just because like the matches seem pretty decent. But like I never got as – like I remember a year or two ago kind of people were hyping up their scene a little bit. It never quite clicked with me, but I'm really excited to see like Ogawa and um, Harada interact and that type of thing. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think that this should be decent. But I don't have any huge expectations or anything.
2: Um, I, I do want to mention too. I think there's a, at least a pretty good chance there's a title change here, just because Kotaro and Ogawa have held these belts since February, and they've made five defenses of them, including a double countout with this very team of Harada and Tadasuke um, back at on back on October third at Korokan. So maybe I mean that could be a thing where like maybe you know Kotaro and Ogawa the two would get the win here. But I could see instead, you know, going the other way with Rattel's getting the belts. What do you think, Taylor? What do you think about this match?
1: Yeah, I'm excited for this match. I actually saw Ogawa and Suzuki. They faced off against the other half of uh, Rattel's on the NOAA show that I went to in Japan, which was a match I thought was really, really good. Uh, So I'm excited to see the other half of the team take them on. Uh, I think it will be be good. I think Ogawa and Suzuki are um, a really good team. So I think they're someone you can put a lot of people against and and have good matches. So uh, I'm looking forward to this one.
2: Yeah. Uh, So there's match number five. Up next then is match number six, which is for the GHC junior heavyweight title, uh, Hayata versus Yohei. Um, So I have no idea what the fuck is going on here with Hayata and Yohei. Maybe this is like one of those things where if I watched a lot more no, it would make more sense, but it feels like they just turn on each other and then get back together and then fight each other again. I'm like, I don't really know what the story here is. Like, are they in Stinger together now? Or is, are they, is it still Rattel's or what the fuck? I don't know. Do you have any idea, Kevin, what's going on
1: here?
0: I, have, I have no clue what's going on. Okay.
1: I, <laughs> I think I'm going to take a, you know, this may, this may be wrong. Um, And so people can, you know, I don't know, bury me somewhere else, but they were, they went to break apart earlier in the year and then they were together because they were together for the junior tag league because they were in the finals. And I think now it's just a sort of friendly rivalry thing, I think, but I'm not sure. It could be, I because I think they're still together, or they were back in June, and then they faced each other in the same match for the championship at the N1 Finals, yeah. um, but I don't know the story as to why the match is happening again. That's the part I don't know about. So
2: I, that would make me think Yohei's going to win here, since Hayata just beat him on September 16th at the N1 Finals, but... I guess who knows? I, I don't really know what knows. Like the, the heavyweight division, I have more of an idea on that. The junior stuff, I really don't have a clue what's going on here. So uh, I'm glad neither of you do either, I guess. Um, but yes, the G- match number seven, four from the Top, the GHC tag team titles, Katsuhiko Nakajima and Go Shiozaki uh, will be defending against Masa Tamia and Yoshiki Inamura. So. You know, a lot of people have been talking up Nakajima and Shiozaki as tag team of the year. Uh, do you buy into that at all, Kevin?
0: Um, the main matches that I've seen of them this year were the ones against Sugara and Sakamoto, uh, Kazma. Why am I drawing a yeah. blank here?
2: Sakamoto, yeah,
0: yeah. Okay, sorry. I feel like I'm. I'm not in the podcast. Burning spirits uh, went away, and you know, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not as refined as I was. You know what I mean? Yeah. So gotta get back into it but anyway so i really liked those matches um a lot uh so i i think that they i mean i don't know how how deep this year's um tag team pool really is i mean you have like the young bucks and but they haven't had that many matches and anybody in AEW, which has probably the best tag team division around they haven't had that many matches so i sure i mean it's a it feels like a shallow pool this year. So if anybody is having more than a few standout ones, I I would definitely buy that argument.
2: Uh, and what are you any thoughts on this match in particular?
0: Um, I really am interested to see like Shiozaki and Nakajima are two guys that I like a lot, and I'm I'm very excited to see them live. And I feel like uh, Kitamiya is a guy that's going to have or um a lot of. Be really good, uh, yeah. Sorry, I thought I butchered that name too. I was like, man, I had to look it up, but yeah, Kiss Kid Kidamia is, um, is a guy I feel like would really have a live aura, aura, so I'm really excited to see the interactions there too. Um, uh, Inamura, Inamura, yes. In Amura, I honestly don't know too much about. Because like I said, I know is one of those promotions I don't follow super heavy. So him I don't know too much about. So I'm excited to see a guy who I don't really know in a major match like this. Um with a lot more of established guys. I hope that it's a thing where, you know, maybe he can. Step up or break up, break out or whatever it is, and really just kind of solidify himself in this.
2: So I want to Inamura. If 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 people listening to this aren't aware of that guy, if they're if they're also not regular Noah viewers, he's only been around since last November. Uh, His debut was November 23rd of 2018. So he's a guy that that Noah has really like fast tracked. If you look at it, where he he had a seven months trial series earlier this year, and you know he obviously went over seven as tradition. But after that, you know, he really started stepping up with the team of Ketimiya. Uh He was included in the new, uh, I guess, Congo unit with uh, with Kano and and Ketimiya. So, you know, I think he's he's really stepped up. I think and like has filled, you know, a role an important role there. So they they really see something in him and they've really fast tracked him to start him. Taylor, what do you think of this match? If you want to, I guess, uh, dip in on the X's. Is that, have said axes, axes. I don't even know. I think axes. Okay. I axes. think what, do you, um, what if they want their tax of the year case?
1: I mean, I think they have a great case as Kevin said, it's sort of a weak year for tat. Like I'm just trying to go through and think of other tag teams that I would really vote for. And I am sort of drawing a blank. I mean, the only issue with it is that they're in Noah, uh, um, and I just feel like any promotion outside of these big major promotions, it's always difficult to, you know, sort of go to bat for these people because most people will go, well, I don't even watch that promotion, and sort of. That's that. I think in a world where sort of everyone watches every promotion equally. I think they have a as good as chance as anyone. They've had a lot of really great matches. Uh, now they've had the benefit of. You know some great opponents, uh, as to where for the you know for this match. Not to saying they have bad opponents, but as you were mentioning, Inamura is uh, still fairly uh, young uh, and new to wrestling. So it's really the question of um, you know how high the match quality will go. I think that if they do manage to get um, a strong match, which certainly is possible here on this sort of big show because i think of you know i'm trying to think of any other show this year this will be probably the show that gets the most hype um among sort of the general wrestling crowd just because it's part of this weekend it's in sumo hall it's got a lot of um other names that people will know on it with you know muda and michael elgin and people like that and eddie edwards um so if they have a great match i could see it to where people say oh this team is great and you know someone else says oh they've had a lot of other great matches this year and you know people go back and search them out uh but i just am always concerned as someone who watches a lot of joshi um you know having people have great matches in promotions that not a lot of people are watching even if it's a weak year um it's sometimes hard to get people's eyeballs onto the product um even if the matches are are strong
2: And then what do you think about any more thoughts on this match specifically?
1: No, as I, as I said, it's, you know, you know, the other matches with Segura and Sakamoto, it's a little bit, you know, you look at that, those four talents and, you know, you can see how the matches would be very strong. Those are four really strong guys, especially as I said, with Sakamoto having, uh, you know, a big year in ring, uh, improving especially in in the tag situations uh and i just don't know you know it certainly could reach the heights um but i wouldn't be surprised if you know two weeks from now we're watching the show and the match um you know it could turn out to be a disappointment and i don't know that i would be super surprised at that just with the you know especially with inamora being so um, young and a little bit inexperienced, uh, he's going to be leaned on a lot in a match with only four guys in it. Um, so yeah, could could fall anywhere in terms of of the quality of the match.
2: Uh, yeah, and I, I think that, I think it will be good. I have enough confidence in these guys, but we'll see. Um, I don't I don't see a title change here, especially with Inamura being so new to wrestling still. But you know, I guess stranger things have happened. Third from the top, Naomichi Marafuji one-on-one with the great Muda. Uh, obviously, this is your match to help draw in some casual fans with the big building to fill and all. Um, I don't know if you're necessarily going to get a classic here given the state of both guys, but I'm sure you know the crowd will be very into it at least. Uh, Kevin, what are your thoughts on seeing M- Marafuji and Muda live?
0: I'm incredibly excited for this. Like, I don't know if this is going to be good. My, my best like the best case is that it's what like 10 minutes long, super hot crowd spectacle, both guys hit their spots and don't try to do too much. Right. Like yeah. I, I worry that it's going to drag and that the crowd might not be as into the middle parts of it. But again, like how good it is doesn't really matter. It's all about seeing great Muta in Noah in sumo hall against, uh, the biggest homegrown Noah legend still there. So, Uh, yeah, I'm really excited just for the atmosphere and the spectacle. Like, this is the type of match I want on a big show, and like, especially something to see. Like, you'll never get a chance to see matches, or you don't get a chance to see matches like this very often. So, even if it's not that great, it doesn't really matter just because of how big it is. Like, in theoretically, you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, no, I totally know what you mean.
0: So, yeah, I'm, Um, I'm, this is like one of the things of the whole uh trip that i'm really most excited about
2: what are your thoughts on the one uh taylor
1: well not to put a wet blanket on it but i have been burned one too many times by Marafuji uh big showcase matches at sumo hall now that those were for ddt uh, and this is obviously noah his home promotion but i mean i think the last i don't know two or three marifuji matches in sumo hall have been to me not good at all um and those were against fairly strong you know he went up against endo and you know fairly strong competition i don't know i didn't see muda at wrestlemania weekend uh but i don't know how well he's even moving around the ring
0: oh not very well at all uh
1: i didn't i didn't think so um (laughs) So, you know, I'm sure for Kevin being there live, that would probably be an exciting um, moment because you're there with the crowd. And I think being there live helps, you know, no matter what the match is, they're all helped by that. I don't know that, you know, sitting on my couch um, watching this match, if I'll have the same excitement. But it's certainly possible, you know, Marafuji is all over the place. It seems like nowadays where he could he could pull it out and really, you know, go for it. Um, a, but which, I, but I, mean, I think I've said that the last few times that we've talked about Mirafuji matches at Sumo Hall, and then I come back on the show and I go, "Ooh, it wasn't great."
0: Yeah, I mean, you're that's a very fair, and like I agree about the DDT matches. But you'd think in Noah Sumo Hall against Great Muda that he would do his best to really make it a thing, a big a big deal. But you you easily could be right, but. I don't know. I'm hoping for the best case on this one. And whatever it is, honestly, even if it's bad, I think that I'll be fairly satisfied no matter what.
2: The semi-main event, the semi-final, the GHC National Title first champion, the decision decision match, uh Takafi Sugera one on one with Michael Elgin. Uh first of all, I'm going to say the negatives. Uh I don't really think it's a great idea know what to introduce a secondary heavyweight title i don't think they have the roster size that necessarily makes that either necessary or you know a good thing i think it's you know always kind of a bad thing to me when you're taking away the focus from i mean look when you introduce a a secondary title um it takes away the focus from your heavyweight title to a degree but i almost think it takes away more of the focus from your heavyweight tag titles Because your heavyweight tag titles is usually like in a promotion without a secondary heavyweight title. That's like your, that is your secondary title basically. And you can see here what these big names fighting for it versus like a New Japan, uh, you know, IWGP tag title match, especially on a big show, is going to be nothing. Um, You know, I would worry about that long term, like worry about losing focus on your heavyweight tag titles. Um, You know, so that's the negative number one. Naked number two, uh, obviously not a lot of people want to see, especially in the West, you know, people don't really uh, you know, there's people who don't really want to see Michael Elgin, I totally get that. Um, as far as like on the other side of the coin, though, I do think just from a pure match quality standpoint, this has potential, and I think, you know, in the semi-main event here, they'll both try really hard, and they're both very good wrestlers, you know, especially Sugera, so that's good. I'm sure this will be a good, main, a good semi-main event, but I just wanted to get that out of the way first. I don't like the idea of introducing another title. Um, and, you know, lots of people don't really want to see Michael Elgin. What do you think, Kevin?
0: Um, I think that this should be a pretty good match. So I uh, generally I'm, – I'm real up and down on Elgin just uh, strictly from a wrestling standpoint. Uh, he, like – there was a period in New Japan a few years ago where – I will, not even a few years ago, like a year or two ago, where he was great um, almost every match. He was his style. He really figured out how to make it click and work. And it was kind of over excessive, but it kind of worked with everything that was going on there. And he had like an incredible match with Okada in the G1. And uh, I know that he had a match that you thought was really great against Naito at one of the new beginnings. So, like, so he can be really great. But then, uh, since all of the out of the ring stuff really popped up with Elgin, and like he was still in New Japan, I think he really tried to overcompensate, and his style got too mu- too uh, over the top, and tried to do t- way too much, and the matches got brutally long, and uh, it just didn't. His formula just stopped working. Even, but he was still just trying to shoehorn it in. So I really don't know what I'm going to feel after this match. Cause I feel like he's not really going to change up what he does too too much. Like he's not a wrestler that deals with, with nuance very well. So, and he, he doesn't adapt to crowds or anything. He just kind of, this is my match and this is my style and this is it. So, um, I could see Sugara being a wrestler that he can really work with. Cause it's that big meaty, strong, stiff style, that uh, Elgin can really play into. But if the chemistry isn't there, or something doesn't click, I could see it just being uh, way too long and just dragging and not connecting very well. So I don't know. Like when I saw this, I thought it'd be a good match, but it easily could go in the other direction.
2: What do you think, Taylor?
1: Taylor? Yeah, Kevin sort of uh, covered all the points that I was going to make um i i was just thinking do you think if i mean i would imagine i would think i don't know if anyone disagrees that Sugero would win this match um but do you think there might be a possibility where he wins and then takes away some of the drawing power of the heavyweight title i mean i feel like i could see that happening where Sugero wins it and people start you know i don't know how they're going to use the title so I guess this is all sort of guesswork, but I, you know, I could see a world where Sugara wins the title, and then all of a sudden his shows um, draw pretty well, and then the heavyweight, you know, shows with heavyweight title matches on the top sort of sag a little bit. Yeah. Um, but like I said, I don't really know. You know, I don't know how long this, you know. It's possible in a year we're talking about. Oh, remember when they introduced the national championship, and then that went, you know, that went away. We've seen that happen a bunch with a lot of different promotions. So it's sort of hard to say. Um, in in terms of predicting into the future, uh, especially with a you know company with you know only one big singles title so far. Did um, they
2: really quickly? Did they have another title after that? Fucking hardcore open weight one that Junak Gamma introduced for a while.
1: Um, that was the last um, one, right? Let's let's see. I'm gonna look at Cage Match because I don't even titles. Uh, no, it doesn't yeah, the hardcore open weight is the only other one listed. I mean that one that title was a
2: very weird title, and like it, it almost felt at the time like it was as much to build up the Kobashi matches, anything and build up Gamma for the Kobashi Dome match. And it really didn't, I don't know, they never really did anything with it after that Kobashi match. It just kind of quickly went away like a few years later, I think. Um, but like, I don't know. I wonder what the, actually, I'm going to check back cause I'm curious. Did it yeah, say when the GHC open weight? Yeah, open
1: weight, it went away in. Uh, December of two thousand nine. So there were only nine. Oh, wow. cha- oh, wow. There wow. were only nine champions, but they each held it for like a really long time. Like the shortest reign, looking at this, was hundred and forty days. Yeah, which was Marafuji.
2: Yeah. So they. So they did. It did last a while, like five years after that. So that's interesting. I would have thought it was like 06 or seven. But yeah, like it, it was like Akama Marafuji, Mohammed Yone Scorpio Shiga. Came a tag title for two seconds, uh, then Kawabata Makotohashi, and then the last champion was Kenta Kobashi, which I totally forgot. And he had that belt before he had that injury in two thousand nine, and that was the end of the title. So yeah, that's the, the previous uh, secondary, I guess, heavyweight title. I mean, it was called open weight, but it it was like the never title where they call it open weight, but Junior's never fucking held it. Um, but yeah, I mean that 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 belt lasted a long time. So and without really being very important at all. So I guess we'll see what happens in the future with this national title. All right, so the main event, the GHC heavyweight title, Kaito Kiyomiya defending against Kano. Uh, first of all, the first thing I want to say is, if you haven't seen it already, I know the voice of the wrestling not retweeted it, but uh, at PuroDino, so P-U-R-O-D-I-N-O on Twitter, uh, she has a pin tweet on top of her profile which is a uh, a history of kiyomi and kano it's a great history she goes into a ton of detail that we can't get into here just out of time constraints but basically these two they they have so much history together um they they're basically joined at the hip here you know they they've beaten each other and you know at different at different points i mean, kano, Kano defended against Kiyomiya right when Kiyomiya got back from excursion. I think it was, what, one six twenty eighteen, 2018
1: right? Um, yeah, that was the match then, that was like... It, it. I don't remember where it finished in match of the year rankings, but it was up there.
2: Yeah, I remember. I, I think I gave that four and a half. It was really, really good. Um, but yeah, so that's there. And then you have, you know, after that, you know, Cano comes back and you know, loses to Kiyomiya after Kiyomiya. Well, Kano loses the title to Sugara. And then Kiyomiya is the guy who beats Sugara for the title. And then Kano was his first challenger and, you know, Kaito beat him. And then, you know, they, they like uh, sent Kano back to the bottom of the card for a while. Um, They teamed up again for the global tag league. And then after the global tag league, um, you know, there was like a, another split. Well, basically Kano, Kano said he got angry at Kaito for being like a, basically a company man and wanted to rebel against him. And that led to the forming of Kongo, which is like this, uh, you know, basically it's like diamond is what that means or something. So that led to the forming of that unit with uh, Kenemiya and Inamura, And then Kano finally beat Sugera in the N1 finals this year. And that led to Kano challenging Kiyomiya here. Um, This is, I think this is a, you know, I I know some people are like, oh, I don't know about trying to put uh, Kano and Kiyomiya in the main event. I think it's great that they did this. This is exactly what I would do. You know, load up the undercard with big names and, uh, you know, put fucking great Muda there. But your fucking main event should be your two biggest current stars, whether they've necessarily, like, been, you know, humongous, uh, you know, whether or not they've done like super well, you want your Ryu Goku spot, your main event spot to be, you know, your two biggest current stars like this. I think it's a great idea to try to put them in that position, tell the public, these are the two biggest guys we have right now. They're not you know legends of the past. They're not, you know, Sugera, who's great, but he's, you know, been around forever. These are two guys that we uh you know see as top guys right now, you know, our biggest feud you know that's been going on for the last two years i think that's great you know i totally agree with that decision so i have to disagree with anyone who says that this shouldn't have been the main event um as far as who's gonna win it i think it's gonna be kaito i just think it makes too much sense to give him the big moment you know vanquishing his rival again uh at the end of sumo hall i guess it wouldn't shock me if kano won but i you know i think kaito is probably the guy who's gonna win here and i just hope they have another really great match like that one we just talked about from 2018. I hope they really knock it out of the park and, you know, have a great showing here for Noah because I think that'll be the best thing possible for for wrestling Noah going forward. What do you think, Kevin?
0: Yeah, I think that um, this match makes sense to me to to put on top. Um, it's kind of I could see it being a match that it, they kind of want to turn into like a generational rivalry, so uh, it makes sense to, to headline a big show. With a match like that, with will it pay off in the short term? I don't know, but I think it will in the long term. So uh, that that makes sense to me. Um, as far as who's going to win, I don't. It feels like uh, the the Cato reign has kind of run its course a little bit, but at the same time, like it seems like he should probably win the biggest match that he's ever had. So I guess I'll, I'll go for him, but I could be swayed either way.
2: What do you think Taylor?
1: Yeah, I think they've gone all in on Kiyomiya at this point. Um, So I'm not sure that they could have really done any other match here because they've just invested so much time and energy into trying to, you know, make him a new star that I think any, I think any other match on the top would have been seen as them bailing on this plan. Um, and for that reason, I think Kiyomiya is going to win. Um, I just think you, you know, if you're trying to make this guy your number one star, he should win on the number one. You know, I don't know when Sumo Hall, uh, when Noah will run Sumo Hall again. Um, it may be... You know, they may surprise me and it may be soon or it may not be for a while. So I think if you're trying to make this guy a star, um, this is the opportunity to have him in the main event and win the main event, uh, which I think gives you the best chance to get him over. Um, And John, as you said, I'm not too worried about the actual uh, quality of the match. I think it'll be a great match. They're in a big spot. They're probably going to pull out all the stops to make sure that this is a big match, which is something as we already know that they're capable of. Um, So I'm not too worried on that front. I think it'll be great. Uh, But I think just the question marks come in how successful it will be in helping the company um, moving forward. So there you go, Noah, uh,
2: after going over that card, I'm more excited about it. It looks like a pretty good card and especially the back half has a lot of stuff I'm interested in. So, I was a little annoying, a little annoyed all over again. I have to wait eight more days to see it, but I'm sure it'll be interesting to watch on November 10th. And Kevin, uh, have fun watching it live, I guess. I will. So, <laughs> that moves into November 3rd, where we have two big shows. Uh, one back at Rio you know, as part of the three in a row. But once, it, but before that, I want to talk a little bit about the power struggle show in Osaka, which is happening, you know, on the same day, Sunday, November 3rd um we don't have a full card for this yet because we have to wait and see the outcome of the super junior tag league um before they book the undercard matches so we know there will be a super junior tag league final uh and then they'll book the rest of the undercard based on those um interestingly enough Bushi challenged will osprey for the iwgp junior title uh during a backstage promo i don't know if that's where that's going if that's going to be for here if osprey doesn't get to the finals or if they're going to save that for like a us show or even like the world tag league finals or something but that's a interesting one um it's worth noting when bushi lost to Kushida at power struggle in 2016 that's where Hiromu made his debut so if they're going for like a full circle three years thing that might be interesting i know people are very uh very sick of people predicting Hiromu returns by now but that's one worth keeping your eye on that's not booked yet as far as what is booked we have four matches uh we can probably blow through these pretty quickly first of all the special tag team match kazuchika okada and yoshihashi against kota ibushi and hiroshi tanahashi uh, i don't know how you feel about this taylor maybe you can talk to me about this i'm not really feeling any kind of build here for okada ibushi it just doesn't feel like there's much going on it's not like i'm not watching i'm watching all these shows i just it just doesn't feel as like much juice here what do you think
1: well i do think you know i think the double title thing on the on the two dome dates is fairly exciting sort of thinking about it as a concept and sort of booking out these um different you know scenarios where person a win you know person a wins person you know c wins and they face each other on the second night but i do think it's sort of obscures making that match feel big because now it feels like oh it's one of three matches that are going to happen yeah um and you know i think that oh okada and Ibushi are sort of in personality i don't know that they're. i would say they're similar in personality but they both sort of have this you know the fans like them the fans are you know behind them, so it's just sort of like, hey, two guys we... Or this is how I feel, at least. It's like, hey, two guys I like uh, are facing off against each other. Like, that's cool. Um, but I don't know that there's... And I don't know if you feel differently much beyond sort of being like, oh, cool, a match that'll probably be pretty good.
2: And it just happened to the G1, which I'm sure doesn't it Right. Um, it's funny you mention that, though, because, like, everything... You could say about Okada Ibushi. You could also say about Naito and White, and that even happened after the G1. But I'm way more excited for that than I am for Okada Ibushi. Well, because I'm a Naito fan, but like I'm, it just feels like there's way more juice there for like Naito going for his revenge after Jay White beat him twice, and you know, it's just going to be the end of Naito and blah, blah, blah. Whereas like it it, it feels like Naito's story, the two belt then. Well, and Jay White
1: is also very clearly the heel. Yeah. Whereas you look at Okada Ibushi and sort of the heel is, in my mind, the person you don't want, you know, whoever you like more is the good guy. And whoever you hope doesn't win is sort of the bad guy, even though I'm like, if you think, okay, I want Okada to win, then Abushi's the heel, but obviously Abushi's not a heel. Yeah. Um, you know, and I don't know if they do something like they've done in the past on, these on you know a tag league show or something where one of them attacks the other one or something you know like they've done before like they did many years ago with okada tanahashi yeah um, or something like that but yeah so i think that's the issue obviously jay white is the heel and he's going up against you know the fan favorite and trying to prevent As you said, it's sort of always been Naito's idea to do, you know, this double title match. So in a way, he's he's one a in terms of oh, I want to get to the second night. The fans know that he's been talking about it, and he's going up against a guy who beat him. Um, So I think I I agree with you. In short, that there's a lot more juice to that match just because of I think who's in it and the story than there is to Okada Ibushi.
2: And how about her Tanahashi like in an in equivalent position as Yoshihashi? <laughs> like, just a tag partner. It's really weird. But I assume they're going to get Tanahashi Jericho started, maybe here with, like, a video message from Jericho. But it's just weird to see him, like, just in a nothing – like, as a nothing partner in a tag match. Uh, what do you think about it? Any thoughts on this whole match or the Bushi dynamic, Kevin?
0: Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm still kind of just trying to figure out where they're going. I, I do think that the uh, – okada obushi um segment after the king of pro wrestling match it did feel like it had some juice to me i haven't seen as many of the uh the shows since then but that that did feel like it i i think feel like it's the big thing is just based around kota obushi's uh general um career arc and not the actual um matchup against okada so I'm really expecting that to kind of just uh, kick in a lot more if once we get to the actual build because I think that that's really the story and not necessarily who's the better guy between him and Okada. So <clears throat> I think that that's the type of thing too that they can kind of like really kick in as it gets closer and really heat it up that way. But um, but yeah, I, I'm still excited for the match. I'm ex- more excited for it than – uh than the naito white presumed match, but it's also because Obushi is one of the guys that really got me into Puro when it started, so or when I started watching. So, um, But yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it still is a little weird that obushi um, already beat Okada, but I also don't think it's a huge deal once we really get there.
2: Uh, then we have the special singles match, Tetsuya, Naito, and Taichi. Uh, these two have really been at each other's throats all tour. Uh, if you didn't like, basically, the, the story so far, as we record this on uh, Sunday, the 27th, is Naito has went quiet. Basically, he refused to talk, and but I don't know if the idea is to sell, maybe how serious he is about this, but he's not really been doing his usual mannerisms or anything. And Taiji's been he hasn't been doing any post uh, post match press like uh, interviews or anything. And chi has been, like, made his quest again to, to talk. And, you know, he beat down Naito with a microphone at Corrigan today. And then Naito, like, finally went ballistic. And, like, he grabbed Chi's mic stand. He took out the ref. He took out Taichi. He got himself DQ. And then he gave Taichi the destino. And then he finally talked and basically just told Chi that he was going to kick his ass at Power Struggle. So the crowd, the crowd went wild for that. Like, you know, uh, the crowds haven't gone wild for Naito in a little while. So maybe that's, like, the start of him really getting his momentum going into the tokyo dome um i don't think it takes a brain surgeon to say naito's gonna win here and you know get come out and challenge jay at the end of the main event but that is probably what's going to happen um you know i really really like the first match at new beginning i didn't like the g1 match as much some people disagreed with me on that and had the two of them reversed but either way i think this they could put together another really good match here and i'm excited for it what do you think taylor
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I am on the pro Tai Chi side of the world. Um, So I'm probably looking forward to it than probably looking more forward to it than some other people. But I think it'll be good. Um, But as you said, you know, if we look back and maybe the match underperforms, I think it could be hurt by the fact that I think the outcome is um, pretty cut and dry. I don't see a world... I mean, can you see any world in which Tai Chi wins? No. Yeah. So, you know, that may hurt it in the end, just knowing that the outcome is so clear. Um, but they've shown in the past are capable of having good matches. So I think this one will be good as well.
0: What do you think, Kevin? Um, tai Chi, like, I've I've liked their matches, but I also just don't really care about seeing it again, especially when it feels like the uh, the result isn't really a question too much. So I don't know. It, it should be pretty good, but I just can't really get jazzed up about it. Really feels like they just needed somebody to put in as a placeholder.
2: The semi main or presumed semi main for the never never open weight title, uh, Kenta, the twenty seventh champion, making his second defense against Tomohiro Ishii. Uh, First of all, it's nice to be able to say somebody's making a second defense attempt for the Never title because that had not happened for many months this year. Um, This this is an interesting one. I I don't know which way it's going. I I would think Kent is going to retain because um, whether he's going to fight Dodo at the Dome with Shibata in his corner or even if there's any chance of him still fighting Shibata, um, you just think there'd be no reason to have him drop the title first. But sometimes, I mean, New Japan just does weird shit with this Never title and just, you know, the gods like, oh, Ishii's turn to get it back. It's like they, they change the spell so often and they, you know, they have it, you know, the they do even see even booking with this title more than anything else on the card. So it wouldn't shock me if Ishii won either, even if it doesn't make a ton of sense uh, at first blush. But I'm still going to, I'm going to think Kent is going to win. I'm going to hope he's going to win. But uh, Ishii winning wouldn't surprise me. Uh, match quality-wise, I'm more hopeful because... I thought they were well on their way to having an awesome match at Royal Quest before Kenta, you know, got hurt in the middle of it and got his bell rung and it fell apart from there. So provided Kenta can avoid that, I think they'll probably have a pretty awesome match here. What do you think Taylor?
1: Yeah, I think it'll be a good match. I think Kenta keeps the title. I think the only world in which he would have dropped it is a world in which he turns and people either don't react or they don't like it in some way. Um, And, you know, they probably had this uh, charted out for a while. Um, And if he, you know, if he wasn't getting over, maybe they look and they say, oh, maybe we just put it back on Ishii and, you know, give him a good match at the Dome. Um, But I think he retains. I think it'll be good. Um, And I'm interested to see uh, what happens. You know, it's the first... I'm trying to think back the first year we're going into the dome where I'm really thinking about, Oh, what's going to happen with the never title storyline wise. Cause I feel like most years we head in and it's just sort of, you know, two guys they can put together in the middle of the card who can have a good match with maybe a little, a little light on the story. Um, and I think if Kenta does retain, I think, no matter what match we get at the Dome, it's going to be very story heavy with Shibata being involved in some way. Um,
0: so I, I'm looking forward to it.
2: Uh, any more thoughts on this, Kevin?
0: I'm very excited. I think that the match in uh, the UK disappointed everybody, including the guys in it. So I think that this match is going to be kind of their redemption on that. And I think that especially Ishii is going to do his best to really uh, make this good. As far as where this is going, I have no idea. Um, Shibata thing, I, I feel like that's not happening, but you never know. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very curious of what, what's next.
2: I um, mean, Power Struggle is a show that always has surprises every yeah, year.
0: Yeah, this so. is really, yeah. you're right. So, it easily could be that. It just feels like there's been nothing about it. Where you'd think maybe yeah. there would be just like something, you know? Like yeah. I'm not expecting to see Shibata already like challenging, but his name hasn't been out there at all. And you think maybe there would be something there. Yeah. But maybe that, that's then, the reason they haven't put his name out there to make it a surprise.
2: The main event, the IWGP Intercontinental Championship, Jay White, the 23rd champion, trying to make his first defense against Hiroki Goto. Um I, I'm gonna preface this by saying I, I totally get if you don't give a fuck about this match. I, I totally understand why. The only thing I will say about it is if if you don't give a fuck about it, you know, that's fine. But I still think there's a decent chance that this could end up being a really good match. I think they you know they, they could pull it off and you know, just because the match has a foregone conclusion doesn't mean it can't end up being pretty good. And I really like the build. I think Goto has been really fired up in the build. You know, Jay White's very easy to hate. So, you know, Godot is like a great, you know, plays off him really well as like a straight man. And I think Jay White's been on kind of a roll in my book at least because I really like the G1 final against Ibushi. And then I really like the Naito match at Destruction Kobe even more. So, you know, I think Jay White he's finally turned a corner with me uh you know goto hopefully can pull up you know they he can have another really great match here with goto and you know ken's the dome with some momentum but you know like like we were just saying with naito taichi it, it will probably be hurt a little bit by the foregone conclusion nature but i think goto's so easy to get behind that might not even matter i think people might still get behind goto anyway so i guess we'll see what do you think taylor
1: i think this match has a low ceiling uh, a low floor high ceiling in that i sometimes feel like goto has two or three really good matches in a row and everyone's everyone says oh oh yeah I i remember he's really good and then he has some match coming up and people are like he's good it's gonna be a good match and he disappoints or it's just average yeah um so he's sort of all over, I mean, that's sort of all over the board. That makes it, you know, if it was, we came out and people were like, oh, it was three stars. I wouldn't be surprised. But if people came out and it was higher than that, I also wouldn't be surprised. I also think it probably will be heard a little bit by the result being so evident before the match even starts. Um, so... You know, I could see it ending up a lot of ways. I could see people really being surprised and liking it. Now that I think there is part of it where you say, oh, you know, maybe it won't be very good. We already know the outcome, that people will lower their expectations a little bit. Um, It is sort of nice that I feel a lot of New Japan matches get a lot of hype, deservedly so, um, and then maybe underperform slightly just because the expectations are so high. Uh, So I think this one could actually surprise in that it's a main event that people are going into sort of feeling that it might underperform, uh, which may help it in the end.
2: Uh, Anything to add, Kevin?
0: Not really. Again, it just, it feels like the outcome is not in doubt. So I do like Goto and I think that he can really ramp it up, but I look more so like Goto in like the G1 role or like the kind of, mid-card singles match role and not the main event role as much like when he was the never title guy and matches with Ishii and his matches in G1 like with Shingo and with Ishii and that type of match that's where I prefer him in as opposed to like these main events where he with Okada and whoever else so um I don't have like great expectations for this but it should still be pretty good
2: so there you go that's power struggle uh i think it's a pretty cool card i think there's some stuff here that i'm excited for and you know i remind people even if some of these matches don't always excite don't excite you as much as it does for me um you know power struggle is always a show that has some big surprises so i would keep your eyes open and make sure you check that show out either way um all right so let's move over to ddt um before we talk about the ultimate party card uh, I want to very quickly talk about the Corkin show that just happened today. Um, we're running a little bit long on some of these on some of these shows, I guess. So I'm going to start at the top and go down, and we'll see if we have any thoughts on it. Because you know some of these undercard matches, I don't think they talk about that much. Uh, first of all, the show only did 887 fans, which is you know DDT's worst number at Corkin in quite a while. Uh, just I guess the a bunch of tags and like building up a show. Everybody already has tickets for. I guess was not a good sell or it was a hard sell, and, you know, cor- everybody's been doing bad at Cork, and I think we talked about that already. But I, I don't know. Was that on the air or off the air? I don't even know. But either way, um, you know, everybody's doing bad at Cork and right now, so I'm not really that surprised. The main event, the Road to Ultimate Party 2019, special six-man tag team, best two out of three falls match, Konosuke takashida Ken Oka, and Shoko Nakajima defeated Hiroshima, Izami Kodaka, and Yuka Sakazaki, two falls to one. Uh, the first fall was Izami, Izami pinning Ken Oka with the modified Samson Clutch in 703. Uh, the second fall was Shoko pinning her, um, her challenger for the Princess of Princess title with the Diving Senton. And then the final fall was Takeshita pinning his challenger uh, Hiroshima. Or I guess, well, technically they both have a belt, but either way. with the Or he submitted him with the Walls of Takeshita in 1940. So I thought it was an awesome match. Uh, you know, I went four stars flat on it. Really, ended up being the highlight of the show, along with one other match. And you know, I, I wouldn't say save the show is a little too strong, but I'm glad this match happened because it really, you know, it really did uh, make the show feel like a lot more worthwhile. Um, you know, the it just it felt like all six of them were huge stars. The crowd was all it was really into all six of them getting their own entrance. Uh, a lot of the Joshi, um, you know a lot of the jersey like interaction with the with the male wrestlers was good there was like there's one gif going around of like takashita like just absolutely launching uh yuka on a german and like uh i think shuma's face on the outside just like reacting like what the fuck did i just say but there were a lot of other cool spots too um but yeah i thought this was a really great match like i said a four-star match and definitely the thing most worth checking out in this show what did you think of this one kevin
0: uh, yeah, I thought that this was a very solid um, multi-person uh, match to just get uh, you excited for the uh, ultimate party. I thought that the Takashita Hiroshima stuff was really great, um, especially like the way that um, Takashita countered the knees at the end. I thought it was really cool, and I you know that for sure that that will come up um, in the match. So uh, yeah, I thought that this was just... A very solid um main event to just lead into the big show
1: taylor any thoughts on the main event yeah just about the same i really liked uh when it sort of broke down closer to the end i thought that had a really um great energy with everyone sort of getting in the ring with everyone else um, and really mixing it up um so yeah i was about the same thought it was a thought it was a great main event.
2: Semi-final, the next KOD tag team titles, Challenger Battle. So the winners will face the winners of the four-way hardcore match at, at Sumo Hall. Chris Brooks and Masahiro Takanashi defeated Yuki Ueno and Naomi Yoshimura when Brooks pinned Ueno with the Prey Mantis Bomb in 1302. Uh, not really surprised by the result. I figured Brooks and Masahiro would get the next shot, especially since uh, Ueno and Yoshimura just had one. But, you know, this was, a, I thought, a little bit sloppy, but still a pretty fun match. Don't have a ton of thoughts on it what do you think kevin
0: um the same uh most of the matches on this show i just thought were like good matches to get built up for the the show like the other ones but i don't really have any strong thoughts on any of them i thought it was just a fairly easy watch to just kind of get you ready for the the ultimate party Except yeah. there, was, there was one kind of moment on, that we'll talk about in a second that was a bit interesting, but other than that, I thought it was just kind of like, all right, these are the guys in the match for next week. Let's see them just kind of warm up.
2: What would you think about this one, Taylor? Yeah, same. Okay. <laughs> so third from <laughs> the top, the special single match, Tetsuya Endo defeating Ikemen with the Shooting Star Press in 1503. Uh, this was probably the most interesting standalone thing, as I think Kevin was just alluding to. So for people who have never seen Ikomen, e he has this big, long entrance where he comes out and does, like, a whole big thing. Uh, and usually it gets a humongous reaction. He's a big, baby face. Dur- While he was doing this, Endo in the ring was, like, doing, uh, like, backflips and fucking gymnastic somersaults. And the crowd basically... I guess to kill time, because he was bored during all this. And the crowd, like starts cheering for Endo during Ikeman's entrance so Ikeman gets like fucking angry and attacks Endo and that was like such a fucking moment and the crowd booze the shit out of him for that which um you know that they he they they really did not like it at one point they start chanting uh you know just in Japanese they just started chanting bad 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 at him which I thought was so fucking funny um and they, they really were not happy with him so they really played into it and you know uh Ikami went after his arm and like he did like a the, the biggest spot probably was he did like a sliding drop kick on the worked over arm when Endo was going for his, his normal like uh handstand like flipping kick thing on the ropes so that was really cool. Um but yeah, I thought this match it was a little boring early on, but Endo sold that arm so well and like even even when he did the shooting star press he sold it like and like landed on one side when he normally does it you know, perfectly asymmetrically, like the uh, the DT English Update account was saying. So I thought this was great. I went three and three quarters. Just if the if the start of it had been a little more interesting, what I would have gone for, But like other than that, I thought this was a really cool match. What do you think, Kevin?
0: Yeah, I thought that this was interesting. I thought that the beginning of with all that the endo and um Jiro stuff was really entertaining. I thought as it went along, it kind of dragged a little bit. But um, again, it was more of just like. How about seeing just Jiro uh, and Endo in slightly different um, uh, roles than they normally are. So I, I was entertained. Taylor, what
1: would you think? Yeah, I think like Kevin mentioned before, sort of the whole card was, you know, it wasn't bad, but it's all sort of, you know, nice in a, in a way. And I think that this was probably the highlight of that, but it really sort of stayed at the level of like, oh, this is pretty fun, but didn't really get past that um for me um so the rest of the card i don't know if we have to go over any of it
2: anything on the undercard that really stands out to you guys there's a a bunch of tags pretty much
1: and the rugby that's the only thing that stands out yeah
2: anything kevin not really okay so (laughs) let's go right let's go right to the ultimate party preview um so that card of course will be taking place on november 3rd on sunday um i uh, let me see if there's a time on what do anyone know what time it starts because i know the the main card i think starts at 3 p.m japan time um, so i would assume should have looked this up ahead of time but i didn't so uh let's
0: see because
2: i know the, the interesting thing about trying to watch this live if anyone wants to do it is of course it's daylight saving time here in the u.s so um you'll gain an hour basically watching it live so as far as curious about the exact start time, um, but yeah, so that's a it's an interesting one. Why the fuck don't they have anything on their own website? What is, what is wrong with them? So um, the
0: thing that I found says three o'clock on okay. the on the calendar that has everything there. Three Japanese mm-hmm. time.
2: Yeah. So three p.m. Japanese time. But so then I think the pre-show. Okay, so they're gonna open doors at one thirty Japanese time. So. I, the the undercard matches should start before 2 p.m probably because when we went to peter pan taylor didn't they start like before the hour beforehand
1: yeah i felt I like, like, like we got in and they started pretty fast so if you're watching live
2: um from the east coast uh you know expect it to start probably around 12 30 a.m you know just after 12 30 a.m with the under matches they have three under matches to get through and we'll talk about that in a second so there's I think they're going to go more than an hour on those under matches. And they have to do like a whole big, like talking thing too before the card starts, where they, they go through all the merch and everything. So, I think the undercard will start probably around twelve thirty a.m., maybe a little bit after, and then the main card will start. Um, well, te- okay, so here's where it gets interesting with daylight savings. The main card will start at two a.m., but then two a.m. will immediately become one a.m so it'll start at two but then we'll go back in time to one so that's good you gain an hour to watch some of it live then try to watch as much of it live as i can probably because the next day i have to watch the rest of this plus also uh power struggle and then be ready to watch big japan on monday so it's a lot so let's talk about the three under matches that will all happen during that hour and a half before the main card starts uh and we have the exact match order two now they announced it at the end of the corican show which is Always one of my favorite parts of the, the last cork and before a big DDT show where they finally reveal the official match order. Uh, so under match number one is uh, Matsunaga, Mizuki, Mizuki Watase, and the young boy uh, Keigo Nakamura taking on Daichi Kazato, Masato Kamino, and Shuhei Washida. Uh, And I'm going to be honest with you folks listening, I do not watch a ton of Basar or Gambare, so if it sounds like I don't know who the fuck some of these people are, that would be why. Uh, Taylor, what are your thoughts on this opening under match? Uh,
1: I'm in the same boat as you, so I don't really have that many thoughts, although I was a bit concerned, um, going back to the Korokin, that um, Nakamura had difficulty lifting up uh, Shimatani in their um dark match as he I would imagine is probably one of the lightest uh people on the roster uh so I'm not sure what that says for this match where you know he may have equal difficulty lifting up his opponents.
2: Uh Masato so Daichi Kazato by the way is a Gambare guy. he looks like he goes all the way back to Unimax. Uh Masato, I don't know who the fuck that is so let's find out. Uh, Okay, Masato Kamino. I'm, ass- I'm going to assume he's Gambare, but let's see. Uh, Masato Kamino is. <laughs> he's only 25. Ron. No, he's also Bizarre. So I guess he's, one- he's like a Bizarre young boy, it looks like. It- oh, he was the guy who started in DNA, it looks like, I think. Or not. Maybe he was a Bizarre guy all the time. Never mind. But he started two years ago in 2017 and then vanished for a while. And then came back in December 2018. And it looks like he's been Basara ever since. And then the third member of that team is uh, Wasada. I'm sure this is great radio. But (laughs) Shuhei Wachita. And I'm going to assume he's also Gambari. Let's see. No, I don't care. So apparently there's a guy from a university. It's not who I'm talking about. Okay. I don't know who Shuhei... They don't seem to know who he is. So, do you have any thoughts on any of this, Kevin, while I'm trying to figure out who the fuck these people are? Uh, Rashida is a, another Gumbari guy, is a Gumbari guy, finally, so there you go. And he's only been around since 2018, so another big young guy.
0: I don't, ha- I have not, I'm not sure I've ever seen... Uh, a Basar or Gambare show. I'm not gonna lie. So <laughs>
2: that,
0: that's what I got for you on that. I
2: I actually I have watched Gambari a bunch of times. I always watch their Corican show, but like it's but Gambari is such a weird mix of like pe- people you see all over on the Indies and people you've never heard of. That I just assume everybody on the show is like from all over, you know. So I'm not really like, you know, like you'll see like like this guy Rashida Looking at his cage match, he wrestled also in Zero 01 recently. He wrestled in Heat Up. He wrestled for something called the Real Guts Army. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, th- these guys are all over the place. They don't just wrestle for one promotion. But there you go. So there's a chance to see probably a guy, a, a guy some guys that very few people listening to this have ever seen since we weren't even sure we've seen them. So uh, under match number two, the Tokyo Joshi Pro offer eight woman tag Hikari Noah, Yumi. Mahiro Kiryu, Suzume, taking on the team of Raku, Palm Harajuku, Haruna Neko, and Marai Mayumi. Um, you know, obviously, I've seen all of these women a bunch of times. This is like basically, um, you could call this like the young, you know, like the, a young Tokyo Joshi showcase. Um, you know, like the veterans here would be like the uh, like Raku and Hikari Noah, who haven't really been around that long, but they they've been around longer than most of the rest of the two teams, but it's a good, a good showcase. I think for the, for the Tokyo Joshi, uh, you know, young wrestlers who I think have, they just keep turning them out. Basically they have a lot of really good young talent. So uh, it's obviously great news for Tokyo Joshi going forward. What do you think Taylor?
1: <laughs> um, I don't, re- I don't really have that many thoughts. You know, I always struggle to come up with thoughts for these Joshi Tokyo Joshi undercard um, yeah. matches because they just sort of are showcase matches. Um, so I'm sure it'll be fun.
2: I'm a little surprised they're not debuting anybody, they seem to like to do that a lot for a while. Debut somebody at the in, in the Rio Goku dark match, but maybe they just don't have anybody ready, Kevin. You got, I mean, they've debuted
1: like 500 people in the last three months, so <laughs> maybe, maybe they're <laughs> out for the moment, maybe
2: they're out, yeah. Uh, Kevin, any thoughts to add on the Tokyo Joshi match?
0: This may shock you, but I have none.
2: Okay. The delayed entry Battle Royal, the final undercard match, uh, and this is a, a, a quite the mix of people here, so let's go through them. Uh, Toruwashi, Kazuki Hirata, Gorgeous Matsuno, Shoda, Harukaze, Sagat, Yuki Kamifuku, Mina Shirakawa, Pokotan, and Yoshihiko. So, obviously, Awashi Hirata and Matsuno we know pretty well from uh, DDT, you you know, common DDT comedy guys. Um, You know, as far as Shota, I believe is a Gambare guy. I'm going to get that wrong a million times probably during this podcast. Which one's Gambare and which one's, uh, you know, Basara. Saga, I'm 100% sure is Basara. He's like in in that weird uh, metalhead unit that uh, Fuma and whatever the fuck is in. Fuma and Kubo, who are in the tag title match later. um Obviously, Kamifuku and Mina Shirakawa are both Tokyo Joshi. They've been like a little unit lately, with, along with, uh, you know, the I gotta I got, I'm blanking on the other one. Taylor, who's the other one? In the unit, Manase. You know, Manase. Uh, and then Pokotan and you know, and Yoshihiko, I guess, are like your mascot division. So, quite the collection of talent there. Uh, you know, I'm excited to see what exactly we get here, but there's not really a ton of story. Oh, Harakaze's a woman. There you go. I <laughs> didn't even know that until I looked that up. Uh, she's from the Gambari Joshi, basically. So there you go. Uh, what do you think? Anything thoughts on this, Taylor? I'm trying to think... Uh... Oh, Shota by, Shota, by the way, is Gambari also. They, just to interject and throw that out there. Sorry.
1: I'm trying to th- think who wins because the... Um... Iron Man heavy metal title is in big Japan, I think. Isn't it? Who has it now?
2: Who, who has it right now? I don't I don't know. I think
1: Kikutaro had it a little while ago, but I don't know if he still has it. Some, I feel uh, like is, somebody in the U.S. had it. Is it on? Let's see if it's notated on. Does Cage Match keep record of it? No, I no. don't think so. No, Kikutaro, As okay. of since September 29th. So maybe Kikitaro will run in and be in this? I don't know. So he's not in it, so that's, you know, that sort of obscures who's going to win. So I'm going to say that um, I feel so like Yoshihiko hasn't won in a while.
0: Wikipedia has a complete listing of all 1,430 champions. <laughs> Kikitaro beat Puma King for it.
2: Right. That's who had it in the, like in the West, Puma King. Yep. So there you go. So somebody your- has
0: gone on Wikipedia and updated it every single time. <laughs> that rolls. So yeah. we're at one, four, three, zero.
2: Um, so now what are your plans, by the way, Kevin? Are you gonna get here for all the undercard matches?
0: I don't know. I was, <laughs> I was gonna I was planning on it, but <laughs> I'm in a box which I didn't think about when I got the tickets. And so and also like I just don't know what the day is gonna be like and like I just I wanna maximize my time a bit. So it's probably gonna be a game time decision and figure out with uh the person I'm going with what we want to do on that. So my original plan was yeah, of course, but now it might just be planned for the three o'clock, and if that's includes the dark matches, great. And if it oh. wasn't, then so be it.
2: Because
1: three o'clock will be the start of the main show. Is it um, is it two in a box or four in a box?
0: It's. Four? I believe that it's two in a box.
1: Oh, well, that's much easier.
0: Yeah, I um, think I think that it's two in a box.
1: Is it two in a box for all three shows or just for this?
0: I my uh, my Noah seats are in seats, so I'm not sure about that. But my Big Japan is also in a box, and I believe that that is also two in a box. Okay. I
1: can't imagine them doing four in a box.
2: Yeah. Um, as far as DDT goes, um, you know, Kev, uh, Taylor and I can tell you it is. We we arrived for all three undercard matches and for Peter Pan two years ago. It is a very, is a very long show. So, um, I don't know. You might want to avoid that actually.
0: Yeah, that's uh, probably going to be the move to avoid.
2: Shinshiro, Shinshiro Takagi, by the way, was asked about the length of the show, and he said his exact answer was I'll try to keep the main card, not the not everything, including the dark matches. I'll try to keep the main card under six hours, but no promises. So you're gonna be there a long time, Kevin. Yes. <laughs> how long do you remember how long Peter Pan went for us, Taylor? Was it six hours?
1: I think the it was card? I think with all the undercard stuff, I think it was about six hours, yeah.
2: Okay, so not just the main card, though.
1: Yeah, that's... I think the whole thing, because I, if I'm remembering, I feel like we got there at 2 or something and we left at 8. I don't know, but I could totally right. be wrong about that.
2: Okay. So now we're up to the main card, so let's talk about the opener, the special singles match, 100 plastic cases match. Wait, wait, 100... wait. We skipped a match. No, that's, that's all three undercards. They they moved the other thing back to the main oh side. they moved it okay yeah so I have I have the exact order here that's the latest order from Korakin so. I see so the opening match the special singles match 100 plastic cases is Shinshiro Takagi against Izami Kodaka uh, a little surprising this is going to be the opener considering it's probably like the second or third biggest drawing match of the card you know the the head of DDT against the head of Basara right before Basara leaves and this was booked like eight months ago or something it was booked a long time ago so i think this will be quite the spectacle uh i expect takagi will win but you know they could go either way i guess but i'm i'm very excited for this and you know i'm glad they're going to hit some comedy after this because trying to follow this both from like because this will be comedy to itself but it will also be just like a crazy hardcore match so i'm very excited for it i think whoever try you know trying to follow this with serious match would be probably not a great idea so i'm glad they're going to do some comedy after this one uh what do you think of this one taylor
1: I'm excited. I think, um, in all of wrestling that the plastic cases might be my favorite, um, hardcore weapon. I don't know. I've never been thrown into one or been hit with one. They appear very dangerous, but I guess because DDT keeps using them, they probably aren't. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. i as I just said, I love the plastic cases. So a hundred of them seems very exciting. I'm awaiting to see what kind of formations they <laughs> are placed in uh, to throw people on or to hit people with. Um, and I, I think it'll be good. And I also think that wasn't this a, was this ever announced as the as an O40 title match?
2: It might have been, but then Takagi lost the title.
1: I feel like it was, and then Takagi lost the title. So I think him losing the title, it really puts the, you know, it sort of puts the result up in the air, which is good. Uh, but I think it'll be good, and I think it'll be a good kickoff to the show, even though it is a draw to start with the sort of high-energy singles match is a, is a good choice.
2: A an additional thought here, Kevin?
0: Uh, I'm. I think that this match should be awesome. I think I. I really like uh, Takagi and his comedy. I think it's maybe the stuff that connects with me the most as far as DDT comedy goes. But I appreciate that. Like I think that the weapons rumbles are really funny. But sometimes I feel like some things are lost in translation, especially live. So I'm glad that the big spectacle uh, Takagi comedy match on the show I'm going to is something that is a little bit more like easy to digest. I think at least going in, that's what I feel like. And it's also a good way to mix uh, his style and the uh, Kodaka styles together. So I think that I'm, I'm really excited about this. When I saw that this was kind of the direction that they were going, I, I was really hyped that that was what was going on when I was going.
2: Match number two, the second KOD 10 man tag team champion decision match. Taylor and I were there for the first decision match and, uh, the belts like disappeared not long after that two years ago, but now they're back. Uh, they did basically a draft a few weeks ago with Dino and Sasadango as the uh, each captain. They drafted their teams based on the participants. So we have Don Shochi Dino, Asuka, Yuki Ino, Mizuki, and Transam Hiroshi. What a team there against <laughs> Super Sasadango Machine, y- Yuna Manase, who I just mentioned before and almost forgot about. Sorry to Yuna. Uh, Jiro Ikemen Kurishio Hiroshi Yamato and Makoto Oishi uh what these two teams just just incredible I mean just like what a collection of like comedy and like uh fun wrestlers on both teams I'm very I'm excited for this one it's gonna be total goofball comedy probably only gonna be like 10 minutes long but it's gonna be great uh what do you want to add on this Taylor anything
1: huge disrespect to the queen Lilico, the original champion to not include her (laughs) uh so I'm very mad about that, uh, John. I think I think we should uh, make a prediction here, and the prediction should be: after this match, are the belts ever are the belts defended again by by this team? One time. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, I think they'll never be defended. I think they should keep <laughs> with the with the lineage no, of the title. Once. Were they defended once? Were they defended like a week later or something? Let's look. Okay. 10-man. Uh, ten, ten they were defended matches. Oh, they they were defended. They were defended in November. So they were defended three months later. And then never again. All right. So I guess one time. All right, folks. We got cut off there for
2: a second, but uh, scared, scared of self for a second that we had lost the, the file or something. But thankfully all there. So we're, you're still hearing more more DDT talk here. We're in the middle of the 10-man tag team title decision match. Uh, Taylor, any more final thoughts on that before I get Kevin's thoughts?
1: No, it should be a fun match.
2: Kevin? Any thoughts on the ten man tag team title decision match?
0: No, I mean it's just going to be standard DT comedy. So hopefully it's pretty uh, interesting and that I can follow along with it, and it's not just powerpoints and me having no clue what's going on.
2: Yeah, because I mean you could the DT English update account is good for that, but I doubt you want to be on the phone
0: in the middle of the
2: show. So Uh, after that, we have the gauntlet tag match. So interestingly enough, they they had said for you know it was on the under like the the dark matches for a little while but now it got moved back to the main show when they did the final announcement uh during at the end of korrigan so the first team is yuki ueno and naomi yoshimura uh second team is yuki osakaguchi teaming up with ryo uh ryoto nakatsu i believe also from basara then we have Shuichi katsumura and koki Iwasaki. those two i know are from Gambare. uh Katsumura, I believe, was a DNA guy. Iwazaki, I know, was a DNA guy. And then Chris Brooks teaming up with Maki Ito, the Neo you know, Ito Respect Army. Uh, then we have Yukio Naya and Cody Hall. And finally, from Tokyo Joshi, Nodoka Tenma and Yuki Aino. So a fun collection teams here. It's going to be... If you've never seen one of these gauntlets on a uh, DET big show, it's not that dissimilar from those gauntlets back on the, back in the day on like a major Chikara show. Uh, you know, just a bunch of teams to get them on the card and they'll have some fun little mini matches, uh, you know, so it should be a good time. What do you think Taylor?
1: Yeah, it should be interesting. Uh, some, some good, uh, a good mix of teams here in terms of um, the talent uh, from all, I believe all four different promotions. If I'm looking correctly, uh, it should be should be good. I wonder if you know the winner if it leads to anything or if it's just you know one reason why would they have moved it onto the main card? Maybe that the winner something happens
0: with the winner.
2: Yeah. Uh, what do you think, Kevin? Any thoughts on this one?
0: Uh, not not too much on this one. I do like gauntlet matches, so should be hopefully be uh pretty interesting. I kind of was uh. Thought maybe the guys like uh, Sakaguchi would be in bigger matches, but I guess not. There's so many people on this card. So,
2: yeah. Uh, match number four is for the independent world junior heavyweight title. That's the top belt in Gambari. It goes all the way back to FMW, actually. Uh, Keisuke Ishii defending against Fuminori Abe. Uh, Abe, of course, is representing Basara here. Uh, he's also in the All Japan junior heavyweight title tournament, which actually became like part of the build where he got basically got mad at Abe for trying to go after two junior titles at once when he's already, you know, set to challenge for his junior title, uh, you know, at this show. So I thought that was interesting. that They just made that part of the build, but yeah, this, this really has potential to be like maybe the best, like work rate, like pure work rate singles match in the card, other than the, maybe the main event. So I have a lot of hope for this one. I think it could be a really good match. Uh, I, I would expect Ishii to retain just because Abe's a Basar guy and you know, Basar is leaving the bubble and all that. But, um, you know, if people aren't aware, Basara's leaving the DUT group at the end of the year. But I mean, you know, they could always have Abe win here and drop the belt to somebody else, I'm sure. So, what do you think, Taylor? This one,
1: yeah, I think this is the dark horse match of the night. Uh, I think it largely depends on how much time they get, you know they've already sort of announced the show is going to be very long, but I really have no feel for how much time each of these matches is going to get. Um, you know, if this only gets 10 to 12 minutes, you know, it might not blow people away, but if it gets maybe a little bit more time, I think it could be really good Two really good, uh, wrestlers who I think will probably mesh well together and will probably surprise some people who are coming into the show um sort of knowing more of the DDT talent. So I'm really looking forward to this match. All
2: right. Yeah, this this uh, should
1: be
0: great.
2: I was going to say go ahead Kevin. Yeah, <laughs> so. th-
0: this should be great. Um Abe I think is a guy who a lot of people, well, he's a guy that like is just kind of waiting for the wit, like the next level. I think that just where he's he's kind of been in this um for a year or two kind of been positioned with no more in big Japan. He hasn't quite broken out, but I, so I like the idea of him having a big, uh, singles match on a huge show like this. Like, uh, I really like, we would talk about it on burning spirits a lot, like the singles match undercard 10 to 15 minutes, kind of like, uh, not really the focus, but two guys who just go out there and kind of, like, kill it for a little while. And I think that this really has the opportunity to be exactly that type of match. So uh, I'm really excited for this one.
2: Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, this is like, uh, God, what was that match with T-Hawk last year? T-Hawk and somebody?
0: Oh, T-Hawk and
1: uh, Akito?
2: Akito, right. And that that ended up being, like, one of my favorite matches the entire card. So I think that could be the, this could be the, ver- that, you know, the equivalent uh, match number five, the UWA World Trios Championship three-way match. Uh, before we get into the participants, I've done this before on this show, but the history of the UWA World Trios titles, my favorite titles in wrestling. Started in 1984 in Mexico, went to Toriyaman in Japan in 2001, stayed in Toriyaman until the split and went, ended up in El Dorado, the, uh, like Toriyaman, you know, later promotion. And then ended up in DDT for a while in 2009 uh, before DDT got their own six fan titles, which are not defending here what these UWA titles are. Then they, they went dead for like almost five years before Russell 1 brought them back in 2015. And then Russell 1 basically lost them to uh, Tokyo Gurentai, who left the company with the belts. And then they went to Big Japan. Um, you know, they were revived again by Big Japan. And then they were defended in Basara and won by this the trio that's defending them here. And they brought all the way back to DET, almost not quite full circle. They're not in Mexico, but brought back to where they were a decade ago in 2009. So just the long, strange history of the UWA trios titles. Uh, so the champions again from Basara: Takumi, Sukamoto, Yasu Urano, and Takato Nakano. Defending against from Damnation uh, and DUT, obviously. Tetsuya Endo, Mad Polly, and Nobuhiro Shimitani. And then the other challenging team from Ganbare, Ken Oka, Yumehito, Imanari. Of course, he's like the DUT video guy who's also in uh, like a major star in Gumbare And Miss Mongol. So uh, quite the list of wrestlers there. Uh, this is like the probably the wackiest match on the card, I guess, as far as like... Oh, I don't even know if that's true, but one of the wackiest matches on the card, and yeah, it's also for, you know, for a championship. Um, you know, you got a lot of guys in here I really love, uh, you know, obviously Endo, and pretty much the whole Dimination team, but also, like, Yasuo Rano, who used to be, like, a, a major DT guy before he left, and Ken Oka, who I always love, and even Nari, who's, you know, he's got a super, like, a super great connection with the crowd. He'll He's always really over. So, you know this could be like again like a very a sleeper match on the card here. what do you think, Taylor?
1: Yes, I same I think it it'll be a fun match as you mentioned with uh the lineage of the titles. I don't think there's any expectation as to what this match needs to be uh there's really no need to protect uh these titles in any way, so I think it could get fairly goofy if they wanted um you know, Kevin mentioned it earlier. I'm a little bit disappointed to see Endo, you know, sort of in this nine-person match. Would have liked to see him be more featured, but I think that's um, just an indication of you know how many people they have to get on this card, and you
0: know, just trying to squeeze everyone in.
2: Yeah, Kevin, what, what do you think of this one?
0: Yeah, it just seems like a you know, there's always like the undercard DDT comedy matches, and then there's always like the big, goofy one kind of later on. So that feels what this is going to be, so hopefully... I mean, it is... Endo does have, like... I was expecting him to be in something bigger, but he kind of does well in these type of matches too, so...
2: Uh, match, number six, match number six, the Princess Tag Team Championship. Uh, Saki-sama and Misao, the Neo Bishiki-gun, defending the t- titles against Rika Tatsumi and Miyu Watanabe. Uh, a lot of stuff in Tokyo Joshi coming full circle here where, you know, Misao was friends with Rika and, you know, turned on her when she went from Hyper Misao to uh, becoming Saki-sama's bodyguard. Uh, and Miyu Watanabe has been feuding with Saki-sama all year. You know, they they had a really awesome singles match earlier this year where Saki-sama basically just, like, squashed her almost. Probably my favorite squash match of the year. Um, and then, you know, Miyu came back with a, a team with uh, Miyu Yamashita, which I thought had a chance to take the, the titles away a few months ago, but they they failed, and now Watanabe comes back with Rika here, you know, to try to get revenge. She's going for revenge on Saki Sama and Rika. You know, she had a long feud with Saki Sama years ago, but it's more about trying to get uh, Misao out of Saki Sama's clutches. So I'm excited for this one. Just a lot of storyline stuff here, and you know, there. I think it has a chance to be a pretty good match too. What do you think, Taylor?
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think uh, Tatsumi and Watanabe is going to be a really good team. I think, um, and I think we've talked about this on this podcast in the past, that um, Saki-sama and Masao maybe aren't the best in terms of in-ring, bell to bell, but I think they picked the right opponents uh, to really bring out the best in them. Uh, so I'm
0: looking forward to this match.
2: Kevin
0: I'm not going to lie I don't watch Tokyo Joshi Pro too much so okay I'm sorry
2: match number seven the KOD tag team championship four-way hardcore match uh Daisuke Sasaki and Soma Takao the champions from damnation defending against from all out Akito and Shun Katsumata and then two teams both both on Basara you have Fuma and you seek uh Yusuke Kubo and then you have Minoru Fujita and Daiki Shimomura. Uh, Shimamura again, is a guy who, uh, or Shimomura, I should say. He's a, a guy who used to be from D- in DNA. Uh, he had, like, kind of, I don't know what you would call it, like a little person slash, uh, like, on the smaller side, like team slash rivalry with uh, with Shimitani. But they kind of broke off and each went their own way, as you can see with Daiki being in DNA here. Um but, yeah, Mineral Fujita, obviously, I think a lot of people know that name. He's been around forever. You know, he's also a big Japan guy. Um, but, yeah, this is, like, an interesting mix of guys here. I don't know where this house is going to go because every time I think Suzaki and Takao are going to drop these belts because they've had them all year and kind of done everything they can with them. But they, they won again against Yoshimura and now. So it wouldn't shocking if they just retained here. Um, I, could, I don't think either Basara team is going to win. Maybe they will, and they'll do something where they're – threatening to walk out with the belts because it's basically what they said during the build up that they're gonna you know leave the ddt group with the titles so maybe they'll do that or maybe akito and shuma will just get the win and you know shuma's kind of sort of been changing these belts for a while so who knows i can see it's going a lot of different ways but it should be a fun plunder match either way taylor what are your thoughts here
1: yeah it should be good they had the pre sort of Preview match on the Corican and I it felt to me. I don't know if anyone else thinks this that the four that were in the match were sort of holding back, um, probably keeping some, you know, things to do in their pocket in their pocket for the big show. Um, but I think it's a good mix of talent. Uh, you have some a lot of very strong personalities, which I think should make the the match pretty fun.
0: Yeah, I I'm excited for this too. I I like the idea that. Um the KOD title this year is a little bit different than just your normal, standard uh DDT-style tag match, where this is more of just, like, a wild, hardcore match. Who knows what's going to happen? and might go all over the place. Who knows what type of weapons they'll use or whatever is going to happen. So I, I think that this could be uh, a big spectacle and be a lot of fun, especially with, like, Daisuke Sasaki in it. I feel like he'll... um bring this up to another level.
2: Match number eight, the Union Max Championship, uh, Ryuchi Ryuchi Sekine defending against Masahiro Takanashi. This is the top match with Basara because Basara, you know, came from Pro Wrestling Union and Masahiro apparently has like history with the belt. Like he used to, I don't know if he was a past champion. I should look that up real quick. But I know he mentioned that it's a belt that he has history with because he, you know, was like kind of a part of Union in the past. So, um, but yeah, so this this does have some history here. Uh, you know, here you have a, a DDT guy going for a Basara title before Basara leaves the leaves the group. So you know that's interesting. But yeah, it doesn't look like he actually ever held it. So uh, maybe he did challenge for it in the past. I'm not sure, but it doesn't look like he held it. So if Cage matches to be believed anyway. But yeah, so that's an I- interesting build up here with uh, you know, the the union Max title on the line. Um, okay, so it looks like he challenged for something called the Union Pro Fly to Everywhere World Title. I don't know if that's the same title or not. I, I, I kind of doubt it is, actually, so because uh, Cherry held it, so I, I really doubt it. But, yeah, so there you go. Sekine against Masahiro. Uh, you know, should be like a kind of like, again, I'm expecting like a wild kind of like brawl type match. But maybe, you know... I don't know if it'll fit that actually, because that's not really Masayo style. I guess I don't know what to expect from this match, is my answer. Taylor, what do you think?
1: I always look forward to Takanashi singles matches. So I think this will be good. Um, I mean, looking, he's really good. Yeah, he's really great. I think he's probably in all of wrestling, um, you know, one of the more underrated talents. Um and I think part of that is is the way he's booked. Not that he's booked poorly, but I think he's, you know, usually booked as more of a team or a sort of a tag wrestler, but he definitely has the skill to um really have some great singles matches. So I'm looking forward to this. Uh
2: Kevin?
0: Yeah, I'm the same. I I uh am excited to see a big Takanashi singles match. Um I haven't really seen too much of Sakine, so um, yeah, more so just focus on the idea of you don't see many of these big Takanashi matches, so it could be yeah. interesting.
2: I mean, that match where he challenged Izami Kodaki with the KOD like three years ago. Was yeah, I remember that, that being favorite. awesome. Yeah, so. uh Third from the top, the Princess of Princess Championship, Shoko Nakajima defending against Yuka Sakazaki. Uh, first of all, I think this it's awesome that they're this high up on the card. Uh, You know, this is the highest... Uh, of the non-KOD slash extreme title matches. The highest, I guess, one title match is what you could say. And, you know, this is a, you know, two, two wrestlers who are both meant a lot to uh, Tokyo Joshi so far. They've, they've been two of the biggest stars. You know, Yuka's been a champion before. You have the tag titles as well. Uh, you know, Shoko was the the one to finally unseat um, Miyu Yamashita earlier this year. And you know, they've both been there since the start and they've seen the promotion really rise up to become what it is today so i think there's a great spot for them i hope they really you know kill it here with a great match um i could see the result go either way i i kind of think yuka's gonna win uh it just kind of feels like it it could be a big moment for her and it feels like the kind of thing they might do here to have a title change at Ryogoku. um but i guess shoko winning wouldn't shock me either what do you think taylor what do you about the result in the match i guess
1: so I think uh, I think Yuka has a good chance of winning. Um, I think with Kenny uh, Omega being there, I think they're probably going to be filming stuff for AEW probably. And I know that Yuka is listed on the AEW roster page, so I think that maybe DDT might put the title on her um, in the case that she, you know, makes more appearances for AEW, which I think is very possible. But also, it would be. Um, A way to sort of, if she won the title, they could, you know, AEW could film that for, you know, being the elite or something like that to keep her uh, fresh in the minds of AEW fans if she can't come over, uh, you know, immediately after the win. So I think it might be beneficial for that relationship. That's one way I could see it happening. I also think that, you know, Nakajima, um, not that it's been a bad reign, but I don't think it's been very noteworthy. So I think that there really isn't any um issue with changing the title. It's not as if, you know, she's you know being a huge draw or you know it's been a blow ray rain. So I think it might be interesting to see it on Sakazaki, but I could see it going the other way and seeing Shoka retaining.
2: Uh but yeah, so that's uh I I I, I could see it too. I could I wouldn't shock me if Shoka retains, but Yuka I think it will be Yuka as well. I don't know. You just said you don't watch a lot of Tokyo Joshi. do you have anything to add, Kevin?
0: Um, nope, not too much.
2: Okay. Semi-final. Silk and Holdings presents the Dramatic Dream Match. Kenny Omega and Riho versus Antonio Honda and Miyu Yamashita. The first thing I want to say is if you see this match and you think it's a waste of Kenny, uh, I want to fight you. I think it's awesome that Honda is getting this spot. Apparently Kenny asked him... For ask for him specifically, like he wanted to face Honda. Like, I don't know if he booked this match himself or if you know, it was him and Takagi, but I know he wanted to fight to face Honda. So, um, you know, like Antonio Honda, he's an um, awesome comedy wrestler, he's slightly better in the ring than I think people give him credit for. And I have no doubt that they're gonna have a really fun match here, you know. Especially, I can't wait to see like Ketty and Miyu Yamashita go at it, like, that should be. Really cool. I know this is like Kenny wanted to do an intergender match as well because, you know, AEW's not doing that. So I think that was part of his uh, his mindset here. So, you know, I, I'm i I'm excited for this one. I think it's going to be really fun, really interesting. Uh, I don't I, – I think it's not I, – I think they made the right call not wasting like a big Kenny singles match on his first appearance back in DET in like four years and – or five years? When did he? When the fuck did he leave DET? Was end of 2014, right? uh, it
1: was end twenty fourteen? Right? I would have to look it up. It been,
2: I think it was end of twenty fourteen, I and mean, it could have been end twenty fifteen, but I think it was twenty fourteen. Um, but either way, you know, he, he's a, you know, he's he, this is his first appearance back in DET in either four or five years. It's his first appearance back in Japan since January fourth of this year. I mean, there's no need to just book him in against Takashira on day one. You know, I think this way, maybe next year you could do, like, if, uh, assuming Kenny's going to come for your big shows from here on going forward, you know, maybe you do Kenny and Endo uh, at Judgment next year, and then you do, like, you know, Kenny versus Takashida as your big main event, um, you know, to try to sell out Saitama. So, you know, I think it's smart to book him, to start him off with something like this. It's a really cool-looking match, and I'm excited for it. Uh, I assume Kenny and Rio are going to win, but we'll see what happens. What do you think? What is your thoughts on this one, Taylor?
1: Yeah, I think, um, you know, to the people who think that this is a waste of Kenny, I think that largely it's, you know, it's so funny that you would probably often think that a big show like this would be um, – sort of a draw to new fans but I think in many ways that the big uh, DDT shows you know that they run Peter Pan and Judgment and things like that you know they do try and bring in new fans but a lot of it is a celebration of what they already have and sort of allowing the fans they already have to really see what they want to see and I think that this is the type of match that DDT fans. I mean, I'm very excited for this match, so I guess I can't speak for all DDT fans. But I'm excited to see it. Um, I love Honda. I love all four of the people in this match, so I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I don't know how much of a draw it is. You know, if you're an AEW fan who's never watched DDT and you go, "Oh, Kenny's having a match," and you go watch this, you know, maybe you like it. But if you're expecting a, you know, 25 minute singles. Kenny Omega match. You won't get it, but this really is the style of DDT. This is a DDT match and it's presenting sort of
0: true DDT. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. I'm I, when I th- heard about Omega come back, I did think that he'd be pair up like a tag match makes sense, but I did think that he'd be paired up with somebody, I don't know, Endo or somebody else. I would say Takashita, but I didn't think he'd be in a tag match, but uh, somebody, the more like worky side, I guess, but it does really make sense where he's back in the DDT universe. So he just goes full on big time DDT and with against Hondo. So I, th- um, I, th- I'm excited for this. I feel like he's going to be, Kenny's going to be insanely motivated to go out there and just kind of not mail it in at all, hit all of his Check all of his boxes, and especially the comedy stuff. I think he's really going to lean into that a lot. But I, I think that it should be uh, pretty entertaining, real good. And then the main event
2: is your double title match for the KOD Open Weight Title and the DDT Extreme Title: Konosuke Takeshita versus Harashima. First of all, DDT figuring out what New Japan was going to do with the duo and then beating them to it by two months—pretty funny, have <laughs> to admit. Uh, that was a pretty funny thing they did here, um, but yeah, I, I don't think, I don't think they would do any result here. But Takashita winning it just makes too much sense to have him walk out of Ryogoku with both belts and you know have his big moment, and presumably start building the Takashita Omega match for next year. I guess Hiroshima could win, but it just doesn't make a ton of sense to me not to have Takashita win here. Uh, I expect it to be outstanding. I mean their match. Uh, what twenty eighteen, right? It was judgment twenty eighteen. That match is really, really good. So I expect the film will be as well. What do you think, Taylor?
1: Yeah, I think the same thing. I think with Kenny, obviously he's back and he's I would imagine he's not gonna leave the promotion high and dry, but you really never know. I mean, especially being DDT a Japanese promotion sort of dealing with an American promotion, I would think that they would want to go obviously they don't have to do it you know, next month or anything, I would think they would want to go to Takashita Omega as as soon as they can to draw a house. And I think doing it for the big show in Saitama next year is very smart. So I just don't see a world in which Hiroshima wins and you still manage to get to Omega Takashita in the biggest match that you can do. So I think Takashita is going to win. I mean, I have no doubt the match will be you know, very good. You have two of probably the best wrestlers in DDT, most certainly, and maybe the world uh, here in a big spot in a main event of a huge show. So I have no doubt it'll it'll deliver.
0: Yeah, I was really excited when uh, Hiroshima was the one that was that won the match in September to get to this one, because uh, I think that he's great and uh, one of the better DDT wrestlers probably that I've ever seen. So I was really excited to see him get the spot, especially when he's kind of um, similar to the Tanahashi where he's been the ace, but he's kind of moved aside because there's a new ace, but every once in a while he still comes to the top. So I was pretty excited that he was the guy that's going to be in this match. Um, the last match of Judgment a few years ago, Drew from Burning Spirits was at and he thought that it was great. So, I'm really excited that this time I get to go see it.
2: Uh, and there you go. That's your ultimate party card. This card just looks fucking awesome. Uh, but, yeah, so that's, uh, that's a pretty cool pretty cool card overall. So let's get into the last card we're going to talk about. I'm going to have to go quick here because we've already taken a lot of time. The Big Japan Ryu Goku Tan 2019. Uh, that's the Monday, November 4th, the last of the three Sumo Hall shows. Uh, so I haven't seen a ton of big Japan in the last few months, especially. So I'll be relying on my guests here, especially. I assume Kevin. So, my, this is it. my
0: thing with big Japan this year the beginning, it started off incredible. I thought that January and February was awesome, and I was really excited for the death tournament. And then the death tournament was kind of disappointing, there wasn't that much great in it, and since then. Big Japan has been, it's been hard to watch, hard to find it. The stuff gets released late. It's been really difficult to keep track of. So, honestly, in the beginning of this year, I thought I was going to be much more in, like on the show to show. But once it got in, it just has been pretty disappointing, as far as I know. So, I honestly haven't seen that much over the past few months. But uh, I think this is one of those cards where it's just kind of like, the bigger Big Japan stories of the past few years are all kind of condensed into this, both story-wise, but also just like the themes and issues or whatever is going on. They're all encapsulated in this card.
2: Uh, so let's see here. The opener, Ryoto Hama, Yasufumi Nakanoe, and Kazuki Hashimoto, taking on Takuhu Kato, Akira Hyodo, and Yuki Ishikawa. Go ahead, Kevin. Give us your thoughts on the sixth man.
0: Well, this is the um, Big Japan Young Boys. They, they've they been pretty good over the past year or two. So um, I don't have any like specific thoughts about them, but I'm really excited to see them mix it up with like a guy like Hama and Nakanoe, who's also good. So um, this should be pretty solid uh, opener. I like that they're putting the younger guys against actual established wrestlers and not just against each other.
2: What do you any thoughts on this, Taylor?
0: Nope.
2: Okay. Great Kojika, the Great Sasuke, Brahmin Shu, Brahmin K, and kankiro Hoshino versus Abdullah Kobayashi, Hideki Suzuki, Shinobu,
0: Oka Uto, and Drew
2: Parker. <laughs> Please tell me what the fuck is going on here, Kevin. Because I-,
0: I I can't even tell you. So I was I mean, I was, <laughs> part of me wants you to feel like yeah, this is just going to be your like your normal Brahmin brothers. Uh, Big Japan uh, tag match with, like, lots of water and bowling balls and stuff, and it will be, and maybe Sasuke does something crazy too because he's in it too. But then you add uh, Hideki Suzuki too, so who knows what the interactions will be. I mean, I think that that you have somebody who's so serious, and I think that he does have a little bit comedy, like he can do it, but he doesn't really choose to. So I'm curious to see uh, what this match is like. I'm not really expecting it to be good, but it could be entertaining or it could just be painful. Who knows? Who knows what's going on?
1: Any, uh, uh,
0: I hope Sasuke gets to use his barrel.
1: <laughs> I was thinking the
0: barrel too, but the second match on the card, I don't know. I don't know if they'll bring the barrel up, but maybe they will.
2: Match number three, Ryuchi Kawakami. It hurts me to see him so far down. And Kazumi Kakuta against Jake Lee and Noyoy Nomura. Wow, this is why the hell is this match number three? <laughs> like Jake Lee and Nomura from Ultra Panther here during the third match? Are we sure this is the final order? Anyway, uh this is a cool, cool ass tag match. I'm I'm pumped for this one. What do you what do you think
0: here, Kevin? Yeah, this should be awesome. Um I honestly kind of forgot that this was on the card. Yeah, so, me too. So, <laughs> so, yeah, it should be pretty sick that, that it's there. I get to see all Japan guys, uh, Nomura and Jake Lee. So, yeah, I'm excited for it. Uh, being so low on the card, who knows what it'll be like, but it should be cool.
2: Match yeah. number four. Oh, sorry, Taylor. you have any thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I'm just excited to see people, you know, as I mentioned in the NOAA uh, preview. Excited to see people who, you know, you don't ever expect to see together in a ring uh, together in a ring for talented guys, so I'm looking forward to it.
2: Uh, they had, Kawakami fought Lee and No More earlier this year, didn't they? Like in a All-Asia Tag Title match, or, or Lee and Iwamoto, right? It was like an All-Asia Tag Title match or something? remember, I remember there was some All-Asia Tag Title match for Kawakami that was really good, or am I losing my mind?
1: Uh, uh, yeah, Kevin, I don't remember. <laughs> it sounds okay. familiar,
2: but I can't tell I'm gonna, you. I'm going to look it up real quick because I'm curious. Um, match number four, while I do that, Hadayoshi Kamatani, Takuya Nomura, and Fuminori Abe against the Stronghearts team of Shigehiro Irie, T-Hawk, and El Lindaman. Uh Again, this a really strong match here. We're just the fourth match on the card. This is, uh, I think, you know another, another match I really am looking forward to. Uh, What do you think of this one, Kevin?
0: Yeah, this looks awesome too, especially, I mean, we've all been waiting for, um, Takuya Nomura, the big Japan Nomura to kind of break out. He still hasn't yet, but he's still awesome. So I'm just expecting this to kind of be 10 minutes balls to the wall. Uh, Abe and him are in a tag uh, called astronauts. So I'm just expecting this to be really good and strong hearts. Of course. Um, seeing them on this card too is, is real interesting. And, and their interactions with like the L Lindemann and Nomura interaction should be pretty entertaining. So I'm really excited for this.
2: All right. So before Taylor gives us thoughts on this match, I took, I confirm Kikuta and Kawakami beat Lee and Yomoto for the all Asia belts, uh, endless survivor in May at Yokohama. So that's the match I was thinking of. That was like a four star plus match. That was really good. And then Lee and Iwamoto beat them back – won the titles back from them uh, in June and Cork and in All Japan. That one I don't remember as well, so I assume it wasn't quite as good. It, maybe I didn't see it or something. But, yeah, so that's why it's like – it's Kikuta and Kawakami against Lee and Nomura this time. But they did have a match with Lee and Iwamoto back in May. Uh, any thoughts on match number four here, Taylor?
1: Yeah, I'm excited for it. I've loved um... – Strong hearts wherever they've been. They've popped up a lot of different places over the last year plus. Uh, so I think this match will be really good. They're going up against a really good team who I think is going to, you know, sort of uh, some guys on the younger side in a big situation, they'll probably give their all. So I think this match could be really, really good.
2: Match number five, the tax trip death match. Ricky Shane Page and Messiah Takahashi versus Masashi Takeda. And Takumi Sukamoto. Can't say I know anything about what's going on here. So jump in here for me, Kevin. What's I have no doing? idea what
0: a tax strip deathmatch oh, <laughs> is either. So I'm excited for that. Otherwise, I think that this is just going to be your standard lower card da- tag team Big Japan deathmatch. If you've seen one, you've seen a million. I was hoping that Takeda would be in the main event. I thought that maybe he would be. Um, Miyamoto being instead makes sense. But I was still, I thought maybe they were going to go back to this match again the uh kodaka versus takeda but they didn't so he's here instead uh ricky shane page not my favorite but i feel like on a big show like this he'll he'll probably be pretty good so my big issues my bigger issues with him are more of just like his character and i feel like in a big japan that's probably toned down a bit so uh
2: matt oh any thoughts on this taylor
1: no, I think it should be good, even though it's lower on the card. I think you have a lot of good talent, and, you know, it's the first death match on the card, so I think it could be pretty good.
2: Match number six, a four-way for the Big Japan Junior Heavyweight title. Yuya Aoki defending against Tajiri, Tatsuhiko Yoshino, and Kota Sekifuda. Uh, you know, this is kind of a pretty much like get all the Big Japan Juniors in a match here. Um, could be good, though. What do you think, Kevin?
0: Yeah, I'm not really excited about Tajiri, but um, otherwise, I do think that the Big Japan Juniors over the past few years have been pretty entertaining, and that the some of the guys in this match are ones that have been like kind of boiling under the surface, like um, uh, what do we got? So Sekafuda and stuff. He's been there. He was like on opening matches a lot a few years ago and that type of thing. So I'm excited to see finally that they are kind of bumping all of those guys up because i do think that big japan juniors matches can be really fun and kind of like it's they're a lot the same style of the strong style except with just the junior division so i do think that makes it a bit unique so i i like that they're kind of growing their own guys in that division
2: uh then we have oh do you have any thoughts on this taylor i keep almost (laughs) freaking
1: Uh, yeah, it's probably good that they're hiding Tajiri in a match with three other people. Um, I actually think, outside of single match, outside of singles matches, um, you can hide him pretty well. So I think actually this match probably will over deliver, um, based on looking at a match that has Tajiri in it. Um, so yeah, it could be pretty good.
2: Match number seven, uh, the uh uh-oh match, as I like to call it, the (laughs) creeping sounds of imperialism. The NXT
1: Japan offer match.
2: (laughs) Daisuke Sakimoto and Walter taking on Yuji Okabayashi and Yuji Hino. Um, I mean, look, this should be outstanding. It's just very, very frightening because nobody wants... I don't think there is not a single, like, big Japan for wrestling fan in existence that wants to see NXT Japan happen. I mean, I follow a lot of people on Twitter that love uh, Big Japan. And when this match was announced, they all pretty much went uh-oh. Uh, when Walter was announced, they all went uh-oh. When the rumors about Sekimoto being a trainer was announced, they all went uh-oh. I'm like, you know, I'm talking about, like, thinking of, like, uh, Robert on Twitter. Uh, Mort, you know, on Twitter went, was pretty upset. Uh, or, you know, said he would have to drop them if they became NXT Japan. Uh, God, there's somebody else. Stardust Jen, I think her name is. You know, probably know what that is if you uh, follow people on Twitter. You know, she was not thrilled about it, but, you know. I mean, a lot of people, I think. There's not probably not a lot of crossover between Big Japan and WWE. So I'm sure most people are not thrilled at that idea. With that said, I'm sure this match in the vacuum will be great. So how do you square this circle, Kevin? What do you think about this?
0: So I... Obviously, NXT Japan seems weird, and who knows what's going on with it. And Big Japan seems like a very weird company for it to be um, associated with. But I'm going to kind of just not really think about that on this one. And this match is going to be awesome. And when I saw Walter announced, my, my mind didn't go to NXT Japan. My mind went to, oh, they were able to get somebody who has a lot of history with Big Japan has a lot of history with Sakamoto Um, in both Big Japan, especially WXW. Sakamoto and Walter have wrestled each other a lot, Um, especially in the early 2010s when CZW, WXW, and Big Japan all had relationships together. Um, That was a bit of a feud that they did. So when I saw this announced, I mean, obviously it was weird that Walter was allowed to do it, but I saw more of just – Sakamoto and Big Japan were pulling back from their history and were able to get somebody who does have a bit of a relationship. So it's not like it's not quite as weird as if they brought in somebody like Johnny Gargano or Adam Cole or something like that, who just has no, yeah, right, but who has no history with Big Japan and all of a sudden just popped him in a match. They were able to bring in Walter, who really does have a lot of history there. So I I thought that that was pretty cool and that um, this match should be pretty pretty awesome. Now, who knows what's going forward, and it probably isn't great. But by itself, as Sakamoto's anniversary match and just everything that's going on with it, I'm incredibly excited for this. Taylor, what do you think? Yeah, I think same thing. I think
1: in a vacuum, it's a good match. But I just wonder in, you know, six months, if we look back and we say, Oh, that was the beginning of, you know, whatever's happening now, if it happens to, you know, whatever happens, I, I don't think there's any world in which these, uh, you know, WWE teams up with Big Japan and big changes don't happen. I don't think that's possible. But I think in a vacuum obviously it's four very talented wrestlers and I think they're going to go out and have you know and and put their all into the match. Yeah, for sure.
2: Uh match number 8, the blood and death history death match, Ryuji Ito and Takashi Sasaki against Jun Kazai and Toshiyuki Sakuda. I think you said you were excited for this one before Kevin so have at it.
0: Yeah, this, this is the Ito 20th anniversary. I mean, Jun Kasai came back last year for Sumo Hall. It hasn't been around since, so uh, he's had a bit of an up-and-down relationship with Big Japan over the years, but I think that it's kind of decent right now where they just can bring him in for these big shows and big events. Um, this should be awesome. Last year's was a big spectacle tag team deathmatch, and this is going to be a big spectacle tag team deathmatch. Sakura is great. Awesome, and it's very cool that uh, of all the like the younger Big Japan guys that he has a big spot like this because they don't have that many upcoming Big Japan Deathmatch guys. So you need to use what you have. So I'm I'm really excited uh, for this and to see just Jun Kasai Big Spectacle Sumo Hall match. Uh,
2: anything to add, Taylor?
0: No, nope, nothing to add
2: okay semi-final the big japan strong world title match kohei sato versus daichi hashimoto um <laughs> it's a really weird one here uh i i think this could end up being pretty good it wouldn't shock me if you know they just have a great match here um i think asking people to get back on the daichi train might be a big ask uh i i, I love the guy back you know a few years ago but like the title ring was just nothing. So it was bad. So I, I, I hope I would love nothing more than to see him, you know, win the belt and get, really get back, get the, you know, get the train going again. But I think it's a big ask for a lot of people. Uh, what do you think here, Kevin?
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I think I've been really, the entire way that the strong title has played out over the past three or four months has been weird where I didn't see, uh, Okabeashi losing to sato at all i i was completely stunned by that and then i was surprised too when daichi was the the challenger i guess you could spin it though that previously hashimoto has not worked and it, it hasn't been very good but if you're gonna go back to him i guess that it makes sense to go against a guy like sato who is a bit grimier is a bit uh, a different opponent than he had before and i don't Remember them having a singles match? Not to say that they haven't, but I don't remember it at least in the title reign. So it's something unique and different. So maybe if you're going to go back to square one with uh, Daichi, it makes sense to completely change it and not and have somebody completely new. That said, I just I can't get too excited about the match, but maybe it will. Maybe the idea of it being fresh and not a Sekimoto. Big match, or not a Hideki Suzuki big match, it is something different. Maybe that'll be good, but I don't know. It's, I was very surprised when I saw that this was where they went. At first, I thought it was going to be Okabashi versus Elgin, that was what I was like sure was happening, and then they completely did something that I did not see happening at all.
2: Any extra thoughts here, Taylor?
0: Nope.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the main event, the Big Japan Deathmatch for title, four board, Ladder Deathmatch, Izami Kodaka against Yuko Miyamoto. Yankee Nikenju explodes. Uh, I don't know. I mean, this this should be, you know, I it won't shock me. This is like outstanding. I don't feel like super hyped for it, which is uh, maybe a little weird, even. But um, I, if it's really good, you know, I, I, again, I won't be shocked. I just. It feels like this almost is a few years late or something. I don't know. It just feels like it's a little late on the, on the Yankee 2 Kenju train here, but I guess we'll see. It's cool there may event have any Hall. What do you think, Kevin?
0: Yeah, I think I, I pretty much agree with you where, like I was saying, I thought that this was going to be Takeda, even though, like, uh, Kodaka versus Takeda is kind of old news, but at the same time, it made sense to me that it would be the match to headline sumo hall cause they hadn't done it on something like that before. So I was a bit surprised that they went into in this direction. It just felt a bit out of the blue, but it is to um, two wrestlers with a lot of history. And I think that they're going to try to go out there and completely maim themselves and, and have that big match. I wouldn't be surprised if Miyamoto wins just because it's big Japan. They like these, they like these weird, shocking wins, and he hasn't had the death uh, title in a in a while, so that that's what I think is going to happen there. But we'll see. They can't use light tubes and that type of stuff in Sumo Hall, so uh, we'll see if they how they're able to adapt. Which luckily they use ladders and that type of stuff, so I think they'll do a a pretty good job there. But. Yeah, we'll see, we'll see what it's like, what how it is. I think that it'll be good, but I think that with the way with this card is that the undercard is all really awesome and then the last two matches are could no go possible. either way. Yeah. But I think that this one is much more likely to be better than the strong title match. I just think putting the strong title match there kind of makes this match seem weirder too. Yeah,
2: I think the, I hope they give time to the undercard, basically, because there's a lot of really cool stuff on the undercard, whereas the two main events are probably the weakest two main events of anything across the three shows. What do you think, Taylor? Anything to add on the main event or the card in I, general?
1: I mean, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I mean, the show and also the main event, two guys I really like. And, you know, I've been thinking a lot about what Kevin mentioned with the restrictions uh, with Sumo Hall. So I'll be interested to see how they adapt to that and exactly what they do.
2: All right. So um, we got some questions I'm going to go through really, really quickly because a lot of them we already covered, honestly, like what's your bet on ultimate party show length and a bunch of other stuff. So I can go quickly through a couple of questions Uh, at all the money MC are any of the Noah shows going to be on their YouTube page. I would say probably not for G plus shows. I don't know if either of you have any other ideas. I think, they normally put out like what, like Nico shows, right? Or like maybe Samurai?
1: Yeah, I think they do smaller shows up on their YouTube.
2: Yeah. So I think you're gonna have to go to the illicit uh community for that. Uh let me see. Any any uh questions from the Discord servers? First of all, from the uh from the Super jcast server. Uh it says, What what would you rather see rise from the asses of Suzuki Goon? If Suzuki's really on his way out, Taichi Goon, Saber Goon, or Takagi Goon—I guess that would be like Shingo turning heel. I want Taichi Goon. That's what I want. I'm not—I'm not sure anyone would be surprised by that. But either of you want to see it, either of the other two?
1: I'll do Takagi Goon. I think that would be interesting to see. Uh, and
0: I guess I'll be the outlier or the third in Z- uh, Saber Zuki Goon, just like a bunch of English dickheads or proteges, all kind of taking the the jacket and dickhead, uh, part from that and kind of going for that with Zach being the league. I think that that would be pretty fun. So, uh,
2: the other two questions, they wanted to know who the next challenger for the both Tokyo Joshi titles are. I would say send those in after ultimate party. I really don't have any idea now who the, the challengers are, are going to be, uh, maybe for the singles title, if Yuka wins, I could see Miyu quickly challenging since she beat her, uh, you know, she's beaten her before and they have a long history, but maybe they save that one. I don't know. Uh, Do you have any idea who's going to challenge her? Either Tokyo Joshi title Taylor?
1: No. Yeah. I would say after uh, the show, I mean, it's sort of hard to predict, you know, before the next, before the next show has happened, especially considering the title challenges are often fairly far apart, you know, compared to probably other, Promotions, so it's a little bit hard to hard to tell.
2: Okay, and the other questions are kind of just like uh, Liam said on the voice wrestling Discord: How much would you pay for Drew Gulak versus Sasadango Machine in a PowerPoint battle? Uh, I don't know. I'm not really. I don't really care about Drew Gulak. Either of you care about Drew Gulak?
0: Well, they both have PowerPoints, see, so that's that's why. So who knows?
2: I've I've never seen a single Drew Gulak PowerPoint. So. I've seen a million South Dango, but I've never seen a single Drew Gulak PowerPoint. Uh, and then Guy Yeager says, "Are you ready for Take Two belts after Ultimate Party?" Sure, why not? I guess I don't know. I mean, does anyone really care about like, I, I like if I, I I guess some people would be tired of Takashita, but who fucking cares if he wins the Extreme title? Like, is that really that big a deal? I can't see people. I can't really see getting worked up about that. But anyway. Uh, and then uh Vilke bracha I'm sorry, buddy, I probably mispronounced that every time. Well, Kenny he get win his match and come out to challenge for the main event in Saitama? They could do that, right? They could do like the really early challenge, like he like it's the fucking rock and John Cena. Yeah. It wouldn't even be a full year, but that'd be it'd still be great to like start building that up now.
1: Well, and they could have it. him come out and then have someone else come out and say, Hey, you know, you just got here. First you have to go through me or something like that.
2: Yeah, like Endo. Yeah. Yeah, I mean you could do that too, but or you could just make it clear that it's Kenny Takashida for Saitama, and you know, get your tickets early. I think I very well could see them doing that. Yeah. So, all right, let's wrap it up, and then we've already gone probably like three hours. So, Kevin,
0: give me some plugs. Um, I'm on Twitter, Stan underscore underscore Hanson. Um, I don't have anything else that I'm doing, but if you are a fan of Burning Spirits. Drew has a podcast on the Place to Be Nation network called You Don't Know Billy Jack, where he and his friend who doesn't really know anything about wrestling sit down and watch classic matches. Um, Brennan has a video game uh, music podcast called KVGM The Last Wave. So if if you remember Brennan's chill voice with chill video game music, you can check that out too.
2: All right. Uh, and, of course, I, get, I assume you're going to post some trip content on your Twitter, right? Oh, yeah, so I'm can, sure
0: I'll have all sorts of stuff on Twitter, and, yeah, I'll post all sorts of pictures and the stuff. Only,
2: there, so. The only thing that gets me to the next Japan trip is living through my friends vicariously, <laughs> so I'm counting on you to provide the content. Yes. Taylor, give me some plugs, other than you're going to be on two more weeks of the show. I'm going
1: to be on two more weeks of the show. You can follow me on Twitter at TayMate. T-A-M-A-I-M-B-O. And, um, John, I don't know if you've said this, uh, but we'll have a written preview of Ultimate Party coming out this week on VoicesOfWrestling.com.
2: And a Power power Struggle preview, too.
1: Yes, so uh, check that out.
2: All right. So next week uh, we'll be back... uh, uh, probably not for, until a week from Tuesday, because I have to watch all these shows, but we're going to talk about the Noah, um, the, uh, basically everything but the Noah show, because the Noah show's not airing yet. So Power Struggle, Ultimate Party, and Vio Goku time. Taylor's going to be back with me. Uh, Thomas Fishbeck is going to be on. Jack Beckman's going to be on. It's going to be a wild four-person booth here. I don't know how that happened, but it, <laughs> it happened, apparently. So, next week, a week from Tuesday, We'll be back with the reviews of three of the four shows we talked about today. Until then, you can follow us on Twitter at Russell Omikase. Wrestling doesn't fit. Goodbye, everybody. We'll see you next time. Thank you, as always, for listening.